Welcome to the Art of Human podcast, the podcast where we discuss the essence of being a happy, healthy human via perspective and knowledge from humans of all walks of life. I am your host, Sapien. I hope you enjoy. The only way you're going to feel better if you could just internally tell yourself that you're going to be better. It's not limited to one perspective because the truth in actuality lies in many perspectives. You need to know what you want in life. Paying attention as well to your inner narrative, the inner dialogue you have going on. <laughs> Fun is the fundamental. <laughs> oh, I'm excited then. Because <laughs> I'm like, I had to be honest, like a pretty like mentally and physically, I kind of demanded myself a lot today. So I don't know if I don't know if you ever feel this, but like the more tired you get, like you have to get more and more relaxed in order to keep yeah. going forward. Like, but I love that because it kind of pushes me to become super comfortable, like in the uncomfortable kind of thing. You get what I'm saying? Ah, you're manifesting with uncertainty. Is that what it's called? Well, there's there's many different ways you can think about it. It's, it's, it's totally dependent on your perception. It's like some people, they need to have a constant flow of things. Like time is irrelevant for them. They play with the concept of it is that some people who are very like stringent on time and need to be on time all the time are very punctual. Uh, I've been guilty. Sometimes I've been late. I've been being better at being punctual, especially when going for work or if it's like an important friend or meeting, I'll try my best to make it on time as best as I can. But sometimes life just teaches you to go with the flow. And I've just learned to embrace the unknown, even though it's really hard for me to embrace change. And I always struggle with that, especially since childhood was hard for me and I think as I'm like learning to become my own human um I think I'm just learning to just embrace like being more present trying to suspend judgment and also being able to interact with humans with like genuine touch and stuff like that even amongst the, the scariness of COVID and stuff so um how have you been today like I know I've just been talking but that's kind of nice that we're going to have like a chill podcast and see where this goes. Yeah. I don't know if you knew, but the podcast already started. No, I knew that. <laughs> you knew that? I'm always you, prepared, dude. How'd you know it already started? Because I'm pretty sure you have a clicker or something. I had a friend. She like <laughs> tested this out on her iPad and she's like, all right, we're going to take a picture. And she's like, did you know I've already taken like 20? And then I freaked out. And I was like, were any of them good? She says some of them were funny. <laughs> well, you get candid stuff like that, you know? Like right now, like you not knowing that this was already being recorded. Like, I don't know if it would have made you anxious knowing that it already started. But, you know, it kind of just makes for a natural process instead of like, oh, are you ready to start the podcast? Like, nah, we already started. I like spontaneity. That's something I'm trying to learn to incorporate. So thank you for bringing that to the podcast. Uh, not a problem. It's the Art of Human podcast. So honest expression, free expression, having fun, being yourself. That's literally all it's been about. And today I spent a lot of time. I work at a restaurant right now, right? And so like at the restaurant, like, of course, like, like I've got a mission, right? I got to get people their drinks. I got to get people their food. I got to, you know, there's a certain rhythm. There's a certain flow going on. 
right and like i have to stay like it's like if i'm like like working at the restaurant is as if like right if you think of if i think of myself just as energy and i think of other humans as just energy it's like this huge like we're like this uh we're like a creature right that's made out of a bunch of different people and we're all just a part of it and like without me the thing wouldn't function as well without the cook that the whole thing wouldn't function as well without the host it wouldn't function as well but like right now me just talking to you it's like i'm really just on my own right and i guess in a way me and you are connected but it's a much smaller much more intimate like manifestation that we have going on versus you know at the restaurant it's like literally probably a team of like 40 you know what i'm saying I recently learned from an acquaintance of mine, there's this concept about humanism, about each human being interwoven into a web, regardless of race, gender, identity. It's like this concept of like us humans being interwoven, like think about like a dream catcher, right? If you had a dream catcher and you see all these webs entangled and everything, each like not in between the little strings that attach the next point it's like you being right now being a bus boy and then you're like working with the cook and then the cook works with the hostess and the hostess works with the register it's like you guys are interwoven into like a community and that community builds trust and support and so how do you do the interplay of humans being intertwined not only just as humans but they're emotional they're psychosocial and also being able to express their authentic self especially when they're around others because you want to suspend judgment but we're all judging everybody's judging you're probably judging me i'm judging you but at the same time you're judging me (laughs) no i'm just saying that but i mean that's that's the whole point of being human right we have to learn how to not be biased and so i'm just saying like a dream catcher it's kind of like an interplay of like woven dreams and try to either manifest them into reality or having them as goals and ambitions as part of our life i think the human goal for most people is having like clarity happiness joy peace calm things that your podcast brings and it's really interesting the people you bring on the podcast because i always started watching this podcast this year because i was like i needed something to entertain myself and i recently started getting into podcasts and then it was funny because when you randomly connected with me online i was like oh i didn't know someone like did this and i was like okay well i'd be interested in maybe trying it out and seeing what it's like so i'm excited to be here so thank you well thank you for checking out the podcast and like appreciating it because honestly like me and you meeting is like a serendipitous thing that happened which pretty much probably wouldn't have happened if we if it wasn't for the podcast maybe we still would have connected just because for people listening, we connected on LinkedIn. And I don't think the first thing you saw about me was the podcast, right? You pro- Did I did I send you a request or did you send me a request? I actually don't remember. You, you sent me a request. Okay. I and think- I think the commonality was our education. And then we had, I think, one shared workplace. Country Oaks Care Center, right? Yes. And then yeah, we also think- both attended Cal Poly Pomona. <laughs> you went there too? Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Wait, when did you graduate? Uh, 2017. And now I'm a grad student studying public health, specific community health education at Western University of Health Sciences. So I'm like super local in the IE area of California. 
i.e. Uh, for those who don't know, was the Inland Empire. Yeah, we got people from Europe tuning in, so you got to keep letting them know. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> now we got, I think there's actually, there's been a few people tuning in from like other places in the world, like, like not like consistently, but like I could check the stats and there's a few people from like weird, like different countries and stuff, uh, which I kind of have to remind myself of because I always feel like I kind of forget that this is like just going on the internet, you know, but um, the Western University, that's, that's like in Pomona area too, right? Isn't it? Yeah, it's, like, it's off, off of Second Street. Um, it's yeah, it's south, it's south of Holt. Okay, I'm pretty sure I've been around there. Um, yeah, anyways, just to, I kind of want to keep going on this, but like I know we met on LinkedIn. Apparently, I had connected with you. And then I think that you had, what was it like? You Did you, I think you messaged me first. Mm-hmm. or did you comment on like something i posted i don't even remember i'm just trying to get the rap because i think it's kind of interesting to talk about how we we led to this exact moment mm-hmm. so what was it so like did i post something and then you commented or what was it i think you or, no you po- messaged me i think i think you messaged me okay so may i explain <laughs> go ahead go ahead okay so i think what it was is i had seen something on your post on the feed of linkedin or whatever because it's a professional like feed or whatever and i was curious about it and i think i watched like a little i think you have like a, a snippet or something like a preview of the video so like i watched the video and it was interesting to me and i was like huh i don't know he did this kind of work and to me, it's not podcast. I mean, you should kind of update your profile to be like storyteller kind of now. <laughs> so I know that's like a big step. But I mean, if you think about it, being a storyteller is having the relation between someone's past, present and future. But also it's the art of getting the perceptions of other people's views and perspectives, whether they align with yours or not. And I think that's the interesting thing about us humans is we all have different opinions, perspectives, and life experiences that culminate to the essence of being human. And your podcast, which is the art of being human, I'm kind of interested to see about more interesting people you bring along through this. And if you think about it with each like episode that you do, you're already interweaving a web of humanism. And that's something that like my university has, they have some values about like science, caring, humanism. But I joined this podcast because I was thinking like, well, there's so many facets of being a human and you never know what kind of people and perspectives can bring. So I'm really excited to see what kind of future projects you'll have. And I'm really excited to see like what other people out there are like tuning in. Yeah. And I mean, the beautiful part about it exactly at this moment is the conversation that we're having right now. Because as you're talking about perspectives and as you're talking about the podcast and storytelling, like just us talking right in this exact moment is us living that that exactly. Um, I kind of want to just take it over, talk a little bit about you, get some perspective from you. So it's a pretty simple question, but I kind of like it because not complicated but what makes you happy I think for me what makes me happy has been kind of a stifled journey for me honestly I've gone through so much like vulnerability my past life I think being able to embrace my vulnerability as a strength but also to 
find things that bring me joy, whether it be like spending time with family and friends or being able to release out like negative energy through exercise. I don't think happiness can really be defined as one emotion. I think it's like me embracing, I think, gratitude. Like this year has really challenged me to be grateful for like little small things in life. And I think that's what has made me happy this year. And really reflecting on who I connect with and how I connect with them. But it's not the way I say it, but it's like how I say it, my tone of voice. When I work with people in healthcare, right now I'm a humble clinical nurse partner, which is basically like a certified nursing assistant. And I've also worked as like a physical therapy aide too. But you realize when you're working with people, they have like a burst of emotions, anywhere ranging from happy (laughs) Mm. to anything being like very sad. So in terms of that, I feel that it's really important to kind of make the best of being present in the moment. And I think for me, learning to really be present, embracing gratitude has really what's been able to relight my own soul and be able to reflect my own energy that I give off and also receive the energies of other people too. And not to be an empath, to be cognizant of factors of people who would deter from my own happiness so that way I can like uplift my spirit and also elevate people. I think through the course of my journey for the like last many years, I think I'm starting to realize that one day I would like to become a people builder and possibly mentor people or also be mentored too. So I'm always looking forward to those opportunities. But more importantly, I think it's really important to just live life as best as I can. Mm. And one of the key things that you said is like pretty much being grateful, having gratitude for what you have. I feel like that's something that you hear pretty often and people who are motivational speakers or people who are happy or people, you know, people who are influencers, that's like a pretty common thing to be grateful. But I think, you know, from my own experience, like, you know, when I wasn't taking the actual time to take care of myself, I would try to be grateful, but I felt like it never really worked. It wasn't until I really slowed down my life that I understood what it meant to be grateful, which for me was to basically just not want anything, like, you know, not want anything more, but just appreciate maybe the things that I have right now or the things that I've always had, aka my parents, like you were saying. So for my questions, like, how is it that you were able to get that how is it that you've been able to be more grateful for what you've already had like what's that process like because I know it's kind of challenging sometimes it's been like a dark night of the soul it's been a very grueling process honestly I feel like it's taken me probably like more than a decade from being someone who really didn't really know how to tap into their emotions properly in a healthy way I feel like I've learned to embrace being able to express myself better, especially as an adult. And I think now with this, like amongst this pandemic, um, a lot of children I've seen and even a lot of adults, it's taken their toll. And I think in essence, the way to really like bring it out is for me, it's been like different things. I've tried 
um, like meta meditation. I've done different types of workouts. Um, for me, it's been like journaling. Sometimes it's just like simple, like bullet journaling. Other times it's just like literally just sitting and staring at nature and just embracing the stillness of life. And not only just being an observer, but more of like engaging with it more. And as I've realized this, I feel like it's been kind of eye-opening to just have a moment and just really embrace as you are in this moment and not to take it for granted. I feel like many of us uh, take it for granted where we are at right now. I'm pretty sure you're chilling at home. I'm chilling at home too. I'm in like this nice comfy chair. I have some pillows behind me, but I think it's just nice to be able to feel that I don't have to prove anything anymore, that I can just be comfortable as myself and I don't have to put like on a persona. I can just be me. And like you're saying that like you can be yourself like what? So I'm guessing if you said that, like at one point you were trying to prove something like what were those people or who are those things that you were trying to prove yourself to? Like, how did you liberate yourself from having to try to do that, like mentally? Mentally, it was actually really hard. Um, I feel like it was, you know, like growing up, you feel the pressure of like trying to get good grades, get to good college, um, trying to find good jobs, trying to mingle with the right type of people. I think I had to learn that I just needed to navigate my own way of doing things, which may not be the right way, but it was my way. It was my way of being able to be comfortable in my own skin, which is something that's really hard to do, especially because I'm an introvert and may not seem like it as we have this conversation. I'm but, way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but definitely, I think this is definitely a challenge, even like being able to come on this podcast and just being able to have people just view me and see what I have to say or maybe if they don't like what I have to say I'm okay with that too I mean the ball is in their court and I'm just excited to just have a cool conversation um just to go like a little more specific regarding the last question I asked you had your parents ever been a part of the reason like why you felt you had to prove something I know you mentioned like good grades and things like that and I feel like that's something that a lot of people could relate to is like their parents opinions like even for me for example like you know I went to college I got my degree in nutrition and then now like I'm not really in my field of nutrition I'm working at a restaurant as a busser right which really you don't need much of a resume to probably get the job but this without ha without like giving too much detail because I could spend a whole hour talking about it like this just so happens to feel exactly right for me in this moment like not just the whole buster thing but me being here at home with my mom me just spending a lot of time with my parents me doing this podcast and all these dis different things but one of the biggest struggles for me was getting like honest and I know it was insincere and it was in a like they were looking out for me but I've gotten criticism from my parents at certain points or from you know close family about like hey like you got your degree in nutrition like 
you know, shouldn't you go finish your RD, uh, your RD uh, internship and become a dietitian? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're like, what are you doing kind of thing? And like, that's probably been one of the toughest parts about me staying true to my path. So I'm just curious if you've had an experience like that where your parents kind of played a role where it kind of like really made you feel like where it really made it difficult to continue your path. I'm just curious. I think it has made it a little bit difficult, but I'm also realizing they've been supportive. I feel like I've gone through like so much failure as like I had discussed with you, we had like one or two phone conversations before we did this podcast and I told you about like my academic struggles and realizing my bachelor's is in kinesiology, exercise science. So we come from like a similar um, cut path, nutrition and exercise go hand in hand. And, you know, I thought I was going to be a clinician. I thought I was going to go into, you know, physical therapy school or PA school or nursing school. And, you know, I applied to the schools and I kept getting rejected and then I had to really reevaluate like where I wanted to be and really think with more of my emotions and feelings and take a chance in seeing if public health or something, give it one last shot, if I was meant to be in healthcare or if I should pursue something that had nothing to do with my like pre-med, pre-science like background, you know? And I put a lot of effort into it. Like I had started volunteering at hospitals since I was in high school. And now as I reflect on it, it was kind of like a zigzag journey, you know, like I had previously gotten into a physical therapy program, but then I was unfortunately dismissed because I wasn't able to pass one certain course and I was only like one point away, but I let it go and I let it to be like the universe or God's hands or whatever you believe in that it was probably like fate or destiny that maybe there's just a better path for me that was better suited for my abilities and I think realizing and letting go of the pressures of some family ideals of thinking of this construct of who I thought I was going to become and letting go to who I now am I meant to be. So that's my answer to your question, hopefully. Mm, I like your answer. <laughs> uh, you happen to have mentioned something about God or faith. Uh I'm curious to know in your life, uh, if you have faith or if you do have faith, like what is it in and like, how is it that it helps you and how important you feel that like faith is just for like everyday people? Well, for me, um, I was raised in a Roman Catholic household, so I was raised up Catholic, but basically I think for me, there was a time when I went away from the church for like four years. I just didn't go to mass. I just, I just stopped. I was just questioning my spirituality at the time. And I was just looking into other things that gave me peace and, you know, family was kind of against it at the time. They probably don't even recall this. Even if they see this podcast, they'll be like, what is she talking about? But um, anyway, I remember this was like in my early 20s when I was just trying to figure out who I was, who I'm becoming, what I want to be, 
you know, just reevaluating like things that I was raised to believe in childhood, like the upbringing, the culture belief systems that we all have. And many of us either go away from it or we stick with it or we have this like interplay of like we do like half and half. We have like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and then we kind of sprinkle it with something else. I don't know. But I think for me, it was kind of an eye opener to come back to my roots and see like how important faith is for me to keep me grounded and calm. And I'm not saying that you don't need to have necessary religion or believe in something. I mean, if you think of spirituality as something greater than oneself, and I've even taught like this to my students when I used to teach is that the psychosocial aspects of human spirituality can take on so many forms and you have to think about it as a self-awareness of a higher consciousness about not only what you say and do but how you see it through a different lens or how someone else sees it from a different lens than from your own and I felt that when I had gone through this I guess what you call like a metamorphosis that really reignited why I decided to come back to the faith but also question and challenge some of the things that are also wrong too with my faith as well. I mean, people probably watch this podcast you're like, oh my gosh, like how can she say all of this? But at the same time, some people are like, hmm, I wonder what made her think that way. But it's something that I constantly reflect on. And you can ask anybody of any, you know, big religion. I'm pretty sure everyone has questioned the way they were raised or what they did, or even like why they're even here, you know, the essence of why are we here? You know, that's like always people's big question, but that can't really always be summed up very easily in terms of faith, spirituality. Damn. <laughs> I feel like your answers are so like, it's like a symphony of like different ideas and then it all kind of comes together. <laughs> I but, try to. No, you make a lot of good points and like you bring up a lot of great things. Um, like, I also think, like, the idea of spirituality is, like, like you mentioned self-awareness. Like, I do feel like it's kind of at the end of, end of the day, self-awareness. Because, like, like, you, you were born into, you said, the Roman Catholic Church. So was I, right? My parents were also Catholic, did my first communion and all that. But for me, like, I, you know, you said that at one point you kind of took some time away from that. Or you kind of stepped back from it or whatever that was, but, like, I kind of had a similar thing, because for me personally, I never really felt that confident in this, like, faith, like, I had gone to church, and I, like, you know, did the things with my parents, and, like, I learned some of the prayers, but I had never really felt like, man, I have, like, a real faith, you know what I'm saying, because I feel like when you have genuine faith, which I feel like I'm starting to develop now, like, it's, like, an actual like it's an empowering feeling of like kind of comfort and like feeling like you're connected to something bigger, which like it makes me feel like really comfortable, really strong and like, wow, like it's not just me. Like you said, like something bigger than yourself. But I never felt that while I was um, just kind of following the religion that I was born into. Like, I don't know why I just none of it really gave me like confidence. I didn't feel like not denying anything about like Jesus Christ and like all these ideas that the Roman Catholic church teaches you. Like, cause I don't know, maybe everything they're saying could be true, but 
for whatever reason, I never made that connection with it. So I kind of feel like, I do feel like spirituality, at least for me, is like creating faith, but out of something that you really, really, really believe in. Like, so if you happen to be born into a religion and like you just love it, then like that's awesome that that worked out. But maybe for some people like me, like they were born into a religion, but it just never felt like that strong connection. So I think it's just just doing just going on your path. And then I don't know, hopefully maybe not everybody develops some type of faith, but, you know, maybe I think most people can if you kind of just look deep inside yourself and question your thoughts and and just really come to the idea of like what's significant in this life because you can be thinking about the next job you can be thinking about school you can be thinking about relationships with girls or guys or you know there's all these different ideas but like for me what's helped me develop my faith is like questioning like the most bare minimum thing like what actually actually matters and I think for me, like, it comes down to the idea of just, like, you know, it's like that, I guess, corny. I don't know. I, hopefully that word's right. But it's like the idea of love. Like, that's, for me, what it always just comes down to, whether it's self-love or whether it's just appreciating the, the, the I'm looking at my fan right now on my roof. I can just stare at it and I can appreciate it for the dynamic of it and, like, how it's able to blow wind into the entire room or i could look at the light and think about how the photons i think is that what they're called hopefully that's what they're, is, uh-huh. that what trying, is that what you're trying to say like the light particles how do you call that oh i don't know <laughs> okay well light particles like you know what I'm saying like there's always beauty in everything and anything like you can make beauty out of anything that you look at so that's kind of like where I got to. And then, I mean, I could talk about my whole like faith thing forever, but I don't know. How do you feel about that? Like, I feel like it, it's definitely a mixture, especially because a lot of people were also never raised with the faith. I remember growing up as a kid, they were just some people just were never taught to believe in a certain construct of religion or a certain way of living. I think the essence that most people have is to be a good person to do good in the world and I think that's a commonality that people try to become or at least strive to do I mean do we all do it no we try but I mean we just do like I said we just literally have to do the most good for the most number of people and you know try to be happy and I really like what you said about reflecting on love how it's a very like all-encompassing emotion and I feel that a lot of people, especially during this time, have either been lacking it, embracing it, or questioning how they're relaying it into their own lives and how they really want to seek it out or how they want to be able to receive it too. And it's funny because when I interact with different people, like on a weekly basis, I can like kind of tell the person what kind of state they're in. Not only just they're angry or if they're happy-go-lucky, but also on the way they were raised. I think most people have been raised with fear, especially in the society. We are taught to fear things rather than to love people. I mean, 
I've talked with childhood friends, you know, like the typical like stringent rules of like parents, like, you know, disciplining their children. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think you need to do it in a healthy way that is more loving and caring compared to it being abusive and being manipulative and all these negative emotions and connotations that can actually harm the child and give ACEs or adverse childhood experiences, which can lead to debilitating effects into their adult lives. So I think there definitely needs to be more love in this world, but I think love over fear and also having faith and fortitude is also what's important too in life. Dude, I think the thing that that attracted me about what you said was you said fear. I feel like that's, that's like a big, that's like a big, like important topic of conversation. The idea of like fear, because I feel like it does play like such a huge role, like in the way that everybody operates. Like my dad legit, like I was with him the other day. My dad uh, did like 21 years in the Marines. And he told me something like, I forgot what he said. He said something like, you know what, Christian, like the thing that runs like this whole world is like. It's like based on fear. Like that's like one of the most motivating things in the world. Like, you know, like you could look at it from a super intensive standpoint. Like, oh, like the fear of like, you know, if I had a gun to your head, like give me all the, all the money you have or something like, obviously that's like a super high level, but there could also be the fear of being at a job that you've been at for maybe like a few years and you've been promoted like three times and you have pretty steady income, but you don't like the job and like, So you have the fear that if you leave, like everything's going to go to shit, but you really, really want to. And you really, really know that if you left, you'd be super happy. Or it could be the same exact example for someone in a relationship. They've been in a relationship for a few years. Like they like this person. Maybe they do love this person, but they don't want to be with this person. But they're fearful that if they let go of this person, that maybe they'll never like it's like a level of security that they're going to lose like oh what if i never find somebody else again or like i'm gonna have to go back and go back to dating which i haven't done in forever like the whole idea of fear like from a super exaggerated point like someone having a gun to your head or just having fear in the sense of like deviating from what you're comfortable with like i think they're both like super super like it's very bad you know like especially i mean you can think about that people are getting into like complacency or people are i mean we're creatures of habit we're humans you know we love routine and when something shakes up our routine we don't like what's happening and so i think that's all part of like adapting to change i mean people say adapt or die or adapt and survive you know but at the same time we just have to find healthier ways to do it and i think a lot of people have been doing the best they can um, in terms of like their overall well-being i mean we see so many things happening in this world and the only thing i think i have been praying for is people to find peace in their heart happiness in their soul and to be able to have more of a smile on their face Mm -hmm. do you feel um like in your life have you noticed like the more 
love that you have for yourself? Does it like, do you see it projecting upon other people as well? Yes and no. Sometimes people don't like the positive Pam in their life. Sometimes like they don't people like the, the positiveness? Some people don't because some people want also to be real and authentic. I mean, if you're always positive all the time, then how are you going to be able to tap into those emotions that you also feel? Anxiety, worry, guilt. I mean, there's so many spectrums of emotions that humans face. I think it's healthy once in a while to do that. One of my mentors told me that we all have like an emotional cup that we fill right and when that cup is filled it kind of overflows and that's kind of your time to like decompress have a little bit of introspection of oneself to know thyself and to be able to understand what has happened and what's been processed and sometimes that process takes time for some people they do it instantaneously other people it takes time it may take you know months weeks years other people, it just is a matter of a life circumstance. That's what's altered their reality. Uh, for you, what is it that you do when you feel like your glass is full? It depends, actually. I know you mentioned meditation earlier. Like, is there, like, do you journal? Do you meditate? Like, journal, do you have something yeah. common that you go to? I usually, I do journal. Um, I do like a gratitude journal. Sometimes it'll be me writing poetry. Maybe I'll share some later in the podcast. But I feel that that's something like spoken word has been one of my outlets that I've had. Sometimes it's playing music, um, tinkering with the piano. I've told you about that. Um, sometimes I think being able to feel the music and how the vibrations and the frequencies can help me feel more elevated, more happy and joyful has been something that I've recently learned. And to have going back to like my childhood, you know, having that childlike sense of wonder, that curiosity, I think that's something that I've reignited within myself within like the last one to two years because I realized that I needed to have peace within my heart that things don't need to be serious all the time. It's okay to have fun and it's okay to be able to just be able to have like childlike wonder, like go, go climb a tree, which I sort of did that like last summer and it was actually kind of fun. And I thought about it. I was like, when was the last time I did that? Probably like when I was five and I did it again as an adult. I was like, Oh, this is like kind of being able to trust my senses, but not only be able to trust like your mental senses, but also your physical senses. And when you trust both your physical and your spiritual, I kind of like be able to intertwine with your true and whole self. What I mean by like a whole self is means it's like you're not half of a person. You're not feeling empty on the inside and then physically showing you're happy. It's more of being able to encompass all of yourself and being able to feel happy both within and then also with like on the outside as well. And I know that many people struggle with that. And I see that maybe from a medical perspective, but even on my everyday life, you know, when I'm going and like passing the mail in the mailbox, you know, you can really see someone's attitude about life and how they approach things. 
are they like mopey and sad? Are they resentful of the things that they've gone through? Or do they persevere and they say, you know what, just because a bad experience happened to me doesn't mean I have to have those same negative toxic emotions and ex execute those like negativity on other people. Maybe I want to decide to change that and change the way I behave so that way I can be able to um, support and elevate other people too and help them become a better version of themselves. Mm. I agree. I feel that you've definitely thought about this whole life thing, huh? <laughs> There's too much to like think the, about. Like the, like the depth of your answers and your thoughtfulness, I'm just like, damn, Lauren's for sure just like, you've thought about life quite a bit. <laughs> I think too much about life. You think, I think too I've much had about time life? To, I think I've had a, too much time to, to think. I've been told by friends I can be sometimes be a little bit philosophical or I tend to overthink things instead of being able to feel. I had an acquaintance or friend of mine tell me that I need to think not only just with my mind but also with my heart center. And so I'm just – I'm learning about that. I'm like, okay, what does he mean by heart center? What is – people mean when you have to embrace emotions and <laughs> I think sometimes we learn how to like switch our emotions off you know when we're thinking logical if we're trying to like get through something you're like okay I don't care how I get it done I just need to get it done and just push through but sometimes you don't want to push through sometimes you just want to like take a step back I remember you told me over one of our phone conversations when you were training for your cross-country season you're pushing your past your mental and physical limitations and you were saying like man I don't know if I even want to run this anymore I was like elevating my team I think you told me correct me if I'm wrong but you said you were like the captain or something and you were trying to like push through and go through all these like hurdles and then also juggle school and your academics and then also you're questioning about like how these um, like RSIs, repetitive stress injuries were like affecting you, not only on a mental level, but on a physical level. You're like, can I do this? What can I do to like make myself feel better? I guess that's what I interpret it as. I mean, you could totally um, tell me how you feel. Yeah, pretty much what you said was right. I had like a lot of things on my plate. Uh, like, you know, from trying to be like frugal with my resources like you know not trying to eat out too much and like you know making my own food and making my own food for dinner but then making enough for the next morning to take to school and like packing and trying to pack enough lunch for the whole day and then training in the morning trying to make you know class schedule work with practice and races and family and homework and still trying to have some degree of social life like yeah, I'm not, like, I really do think that there's a, like, I can think about college in a, and in a lot of ways it congested my body and it kind of compressed my body, literally, like, physically speaking and, like, mentally speaking, I think it also caused some mental issues, but I don't regret it and I don't like think to myself like man if I could only go back in time and like redo the whole college thing like I don't think like that either because I also believe that you can make any negative or any any hardship 
into something very beautiful the same way that you know that you have a fire right like let's say a whole mountain goes on fire and immediately it's like man that's bad news like you know maybe some houses caught on fire and maybe like some animals died as well but i also know that from fire burning things down it usually like fertiles the soil and then a lot of things grow after they've been destroyed and so in that kind of uh metaphor analogy comparison like comparing my life to fire like that's kind of the way i see my college experience like i feel like i definitely like fucked up my body and my mind pretty bad but i'm gaining a lot of wisdom having to recuperate myself from all that and along with that like i have this podcast where i'm kind of giving a narrative to my story which you know maybe it inspires some people or maybe it's just therapy for myself and it never really inspires very many people but like and i don't even need to say that because it has inspired a few people you know like i mean you're on the podcast in a way because you've seen some of the content I never thought I would be on a podcast. This is like one of the most courageous things I've done. I think like this is only like my second maybe YouTube video I've ever done. Maybe third. I don't know. Yeah. And like for me, that's so beautiful. Like for me to have and not even like I like I take very minimal credit in anything that I do. I think it's like a I did one percent out of the ninety nine. Like the other ninety nine was just what I call subconscious serendipity, which is pretty much like everything just kind of serendipitously led to led to this exact moment i take like that one percent credit because i appreciate my own efforts as well but like even if it's just me being able to have someone like you who i converse with and we have this like opportunity to just talk for an hour or however long like for me that means a lot and for me it's like this is the essence of like of everything it's not me getting the YouTube page to like a million subscribers or me getting the, like having like a million people listen to the podcast. Like if that was truly my objective, like my ultimate objective, I don't think I would be happy. And I catch myself having those thoughts where I just, Oh man, like, you know, at first I try to market the podcast like a lot, a lot, a lot, but it's like, wait, like, I don't really feel like doing that right now. I just feel like focusing on the process And whenever the moment feels right that like, I really want to maybe push it more to market it. Mm -hmm. Like it'll come natural to me. Cause if I'm trying to do it artificially, then it's like, I'm not actually living. Like I'm trying to fulfill an idea that somebody else created, but it's not truly what I want. Like what I want right now is just to have these podcasts and to like be able to talk and just fucking chill (laughs) And that's kind of it, you know, that's kind of it. And then as I get better at typing, as I get better at, you know, once I understand YouTube better and like all this technological shit, cause I never really, I'm not that tech savvy, but now I'm getting more into it. Like, you know, I'm learning with you. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you know, once that, once this becomes like second nature, like this whole tech stuff, like, yeah, sure. Maybe in like a few years, like I'm going to be marketing quite a bit, you know, but right now it's just about this. So. Well, I'm happy for you. And honestly, I think it's kind of cool. A lot of people are starting podcasts in this pandemic because honestly, people want to listen to something that challenges their brain. It stimulates them to think in a different way. I mean, I sometimes listen to podcasts of like Deepak Chopra. I've done things about um, 
that comedian, uh, Tiffany Haddish. I read her book, The Last Black, uh, the last black unicorn and it was funny because i remember earlier in the pandemic i was like you know what i just need a really good laugh let me just read books by comedians so i was reading reading things by like richard pryor and like tiffany haddish and jim carrey and just different stuff about like their funny tragedies of their life i mean the tragedies that they've had in their real life are actually very sad but i love how they reframe with humor and how they try to make light of situations even the most serious stuff mm-hmm. and it kind of puts it in perspective of making sure that I always have that interplay of being light and playful in my own life and I think that's really important because we all lose that innate ability to be lighthearted and to be childlike I mean everyone says like you can be a big kid at heart but how many of us actually act on it that's very true and I feel, I don't know if you feel, tell me if you feel like this, but I feel like it's this whole like idea that like you get older, you got bills, you get married, you have kids, you get a degree, you like settle down. Like it's this whole idea that like, I don't know, it's just this whole idea that like, oh shit, well like now reality is like, like you know, I don't know if you have this, but like I hang out with people and like one of the first questions like, oh, what do you work? Like, what, like, what do you work as? Or like, what's your work? Or like. Or like, how's work going? And I'm like, how about like, and I'm not like, I'm not complaining about it because this is just the reality of the the society that we live in. But it's like, for me, it's like, how are you doing? Like, how are you feeling? And then like, I'll go the conversation from there because like, it's always talking about like work. Like, oh, what do you, what do you, what, what do you work as? What do you, what do you do? Like, it's just like, don't get like, that's what I'm saying. I'm not judging that perspective but i'm just acknowledging that that's what i've experienced that that's a very common thing to like try to get to know somebody is like getting to know what they work as which don't get me wrong like there's it makes sense because it could tell you a lot about the person but at the same time it's like is work really like i know it's like i don't even like the word work like when i, I go think it's to the- because our society places work and workaholic and workaholism and being able to strive to be the best all the time, 110% or 120 or whatever number you want to put on it, infinity, whatever. Um, the, the essence or the point I'm trying to make is that sometimes we really need to sit back and also adopt some things from other cultures and be able to embrace life more. I mean, people have literally suffered and died from burnout, not only just this year, but in previous years. I mean, I myself have experienced burnout. People I've known in my life have done it too. But I feel like our emotions, one thing I wanted to add to this podcast is how our emotions um, also can cause physical ailments. And it's something that I've read through like doctors who have done research on this. And there's been like numerous studies and stuff like that. But literally, like you said, I loved what you mentioned how are you feeling? A lot of times people don't ask that. I mean, a lot of women who are going through pregnancy, a very few times other than maybe a compassionate nurse or a doctor or a caregiver, whoever is taking care of the mom, like they never ask them, how are you doing? 
but it's not just during the pregnancy and after the baby's born, but also sometimes even years after while they're raising the kid, whether it's a single mom, dad, people who are non-binary couples, or I actually don't know the term, sorry, I apologize if I offend anyone, um, but people who raise their families and the guardians and stuff like that, kids who are adopted, um, I feel like a lot of times we forget to have that compassion, that empathy. I think people lack love, affection, gratitude, and being able to be able to connect, having that genuine connection, like how we are connecting, you know, through this conversation. I never thought I'd have this cool conversation of being able to talk about the deep realms of life, but I know this isn't the only conversation. This conversation could have gone into like a billion different ways. We just don't know, but I think that it's super important to acknowledge where we're at right now. We can't, like you said, we cannot change your past. When you mentioned, like, if there were things I wish I had done differently in college, I don't think I would have changed a single thing. We can't really change our past. And I think that's why the present is truly a gift because we just have to live in the now. We cannot worry about our future. I know when I was a kid, I used to be a worry wart. And funny story, I don't think anyone probably remembers this, um, maybe my mom, but mostly me. I remember having such bad anxiety one day as a kid that I couldn't even do my homework or anything. And my grade school teacher wanted to teach me to be more present. And she knew I liked food because <laughs> I'm a foodie. So she told me for my homework assignment for the next three days, is all you're going to do, instead of doing your math homework, your arithmetic, your spelling, um, write down all the food you're eating throughout the day, and then I want you to turn that into me. And it was like such a hard assignment because it, it made me realize I had, at like such a young age, like crippling anxiety about my future. And it was weird as a kid. You're like, why am I worried about these things? Is it because of imposter syndrome? You have peer pressure because you know, you're comparing the kid who had like the new sneakers or the kid who got like a better grade than you on a math test or whatever. And I reflected on it and I was like, I don't need to be the best. I don't need to be the smartest person in the room. But I hope I can live this earth as being the happiest person that I can be and to the best of my own ability, regardless of what other people say or feel or act. Dude. <laughs> no, I, I could agree so much. And the way that you said that, as, how old were you when you said that this happened? That your teacher told you to change I think I was like nine or 10. Like, think about it. You were literally nine or 10 and you were already preoccupied about your future and you were already kind of anxious about it. But like you were only eight or nine, like you were thinking that way, not so much because of you, but it was an idea that was presented to you to think that you had to be that thoughtful by your future at least that's the way i see it because it's like dude how can you be eight or nine and be anxious about your future like as a kid i feel like that's the ultimate like just enjoy what's in your face but like the way that school is like it's like it's like a fucking like uh, i don't know how you feel about cursing but <laughs> uh, okay 
Express uh, your emotion out of mind. Okay. It makes the podcast pretty interesting, in my opinion. It's pretty funny. Okay. I just, I don't know you too much on a personal level, but yeah, I'll do <laughs> But like, dude, you're eight or nine and you're already concerned about that. And like, it's not even just you. Like, I know this is like the truth for a lot of people, but like, think about school and like legit. And we're talking about like here in the United States, right? Like you're in kindergarten, which are only four or five. Like you show up to this like facility and I'm not trying to like super paint like a bad picture, but it's just one perspective. Like you come to this place and like you go in a room and like you spend a few hours and then you go to another room, you spend a few hours and then you go to another room and then you spend a few hours. And then like, you want to go to a, ba- you want to go to the bathroom. Like you got to like flip your card or some shit. Like, you know, I don't know if you had that, like in school where you had like a card. Oh yeah. Like I remember that. It, or we depending. had like a key or a stick or something. Yeah. And like, depending on your behavior, like I literally in middle school, I think I might've mentioned this. I did mention this on a podcast in in first grade. And I'm telling you, like, I'm not saying this with like ego, but like, I'm pretty a nice kid. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like in first grade, like I'm a pretty nice kid. I don't know what happened, but my card, instead of being green, which is like a hundred percent, like, perfect or whatever like you've done nothing wrong like my card was like at a red which is just like the 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 most minimal of like bad that you can be and my card was on red for I don't even remember what reason and then like I had to go to the bathroom like I had to really really pee and my teacher was like yo like your card is on red so you can't go pee like you have to wait until the bell rings and there was she's like there's only 10 minutes left something like that I'm a fucking kid. So obviously like this is this grown woman telling me this and supposedly I'm on the red card mode. So then like, obviously I don't have, I didn't have the confidence to be like, no, I'm going to the bathroom. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause I wasn't a, I wasn't a kid like that. Like if parents, if an adult told me something, like I was generally pretty respectful about it. So I literally, but it got to the point where I had to go to the bathroom So instead of running out the door, I literally went to the corner of the room, which is the opposite side, which is where the water fountain's at. And I literally just (laughs) stood, I stood there and I pissed myself and literally made like a huge puddle. And like by some miracle, nobody notices the whole thing happened. And then I walked back to my desk, which is on the opposite side. And according to my memory, nobody ever found out. But it's like, obviously, somebody was like, yo, like, what's this over here? And then obviously, somebody had to eventually clean it up. And my pants were wet. Like, (laughs) I have such a funny story because yours was bad. Can I finish this real quick? Because my my last (laughs) point. Go ahead. Like, the reason I bring that all up is because it's like, dude, like, going from one room to the next, spending hours in one room to the next, and like having to follow all these rules. And then, Oh, you can't go to the bathroom because you did one wrong thing. And then it leads to the point where I literally piss myself. Like, that's literally me not trusting my feelings. Like, I have to go to the bathroom. You go to the bathroom. I have to go to the bathroom. Now, all of a sudden, somebody tells me, oh, no, you can't go to the bathroom. Like, that's making me, like, that's where that whole loss of conscientiousness or being in touch with your emotions and your body, like, that's where it all starts. Like, that's where it started for me. Like, when people put all of these rules and people tell you that you can't do this, and especially at such a young age, like, first grade, are you for real? Like, you're a little kid. Like, I'm being so serious. Like, I just feel like the whole school system, like, 
again, I'm not saying that it's all bad, but I feel no, but like there's it, a much better way you, to be about it. It teaches you unhealthy behaviors, and I agree. I remember I was so nervous. Um, I had to give like a oral book report, you know, when you like read a book and then you have to like talk in front of the class. And I was always like a worry work kid. I'm not going to lie. And I mean, it's transcended into my adulthood and I've just learned to have much healthier coping mechanisms. And I did a report. What was the book? Oh yeah, that's right. I think it was on like Ralph S. Mouse or something. It was like the mouse like rode a motorcycle or whatever. And he's like friends with this kid. Anyway, long story i'm pretty sure you can like google the book or whatever but it was a children's book and so i was giving a report and i was like literally so nervous that i struggled with like public speaking and my presentations that as an adult i had to rectify it by actually taking a public speaking course at cal poly pomona because i need to get over that fear again going back to the fear but going back to my childhood again this all you know has a point um it was funny because like people made fun of me because i peed and they were like oh my god lauren like why'd you pee in front of the class like oh my goodness like it stinks and you have to like clean it up and like literally the teacher just excused me for the rest of the day and oh it's my mom my mom had to get me a change of clothes so you're saying that she had she was like she felt so sorry for me and the teacher was like you're gonna present again but this time you're gonna do it with confidence and I was like, God bless that teacher. I don't know what what I di- would do without her. But it's funny because people who know me as an adult, uh, they've never ever seen me be afraid of public speaking. I think the largest crowd I've ever spoken to has been like 500 or 1,000 people in college. And I think I challenge myself as an adult to not let fear from childhood transcend to my adulthood to just conquer it and to be able to be fearless and to be able to have more um, sense of security in myself. Just to get this story on full wrap. So you had a presentation in your class and you got so nervous that you peed yourself and then you had to repeat it. You had to repeat it a second time. Yeah. She made me, but this time, the second time around, I didn't pee. It was the first time that was like really nerve wracking for me because I knew I didn't want to present. I mean, I, I mean, people don't think I'm an introvert, but I really am. I think I've been influenced by people who are more extroverted through, you know, adulthood. And I think I've overcome that by having some of them rub off on me. But to my essence and core, like when I'm stressed out, a lot of times I just like to be by myself in a quiet room. Or I'll go on a walk and I'll literally try to like be off the grid, I guess, or try as much as I can to disconnect from technology, shut off my cell phone, shut off my laptop, turn off like notifications and just be in touch with how I just want to be. And I think that's been able to calm me down for the time being. I mean, this course, this could change as I evolve and grow as a human, but who knows, maybe I'll find like playing piano again or being able to rekindle some other things that can help me just be able to feel like that unique spirit and to raise my vibrational frequencies, but also to lower them if I'm ever feeling like tense, anxious, or like high strung. Mm. 
Uh, how much time do you spend alone? Like on average, like, like, cause I could very easily tell you, so like, I want to know for you, like how much time do you spend alone? And like, do you, do you feel like you need more? Do you feel like, I just want like, how much time do you spend alone? Uh, if I had to carve out a time period, I feel like sometimes it's not enough. I feel like maybe I spend anywhere ranging from, it could be as small as like half an hour in to whole as day? much as, in a whole day, yeah. But sometimes as much as 10 hours if I wanted to. Like let's say if I'm not studying, I don't have work or I just don't have anything um, to do that day, no errands or whatever, whatnot, life stuff. Um, sometimes I'll just try to just have a chill day, which I know in my young life, I can have that. I don't have like big responsibilities like normal people who have families and kids and they're like, oh, she's so lucky. But even parents, they too need to have like time. I remember um, one of my previous jobs being a behavior therapist for children with autism. I had to counsel a parent who was stressed out because her child with autism um, was struggling in school and she didn't know how to cope and i said like why don't you just like something simple like go inside the bathroom and do some breathing exercises when your kid is like not banging on the door or having a fit or having elopement issues um, elopement in um uh play-based therapy means like they're always trying to like escape the room or escape their settings instead of like trying to be present and trying to like focus and be like or with you and stuff but um I, it's really funny because people forget to take care of themselves. I think most people, I would like to say, are givers, but it's really hard for them to give to themselves. And I feel like you, to touch point on your like self-love, a lot of people have been lacking that because who is your own best friend? You, yourself. And if you don't love yourself for the ride or die, like, how can you be able to have healthy relationships with other people and to be able to connect with other like friendly human souls? Very true. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. No, no, I, I agree. I, I am a big advocate of self-love because I didn't really love myself um, like over a year ago. Like when I was in school and before that, like I didn't really know what self-love was. I heard the idea. didn't really know what it was, but like now I know, I know what it means for me, at least, you know. Um, I want to dig a little more, though, like. And the, the reason I bring this up is because for me, it's like a big, big thing. Like, the, I asked you, like, how much time you spend alone? You said 30 minutes someday, but then some days up to 10 hours. Actually, when you do those 10 hours, when you do those 10 hours, like, what is that? I want to know. Like, I mean, what I'll is take, like, little hours? breaks to, like, eat and stuff. And, like, I mean, I've been blessed that I um, have been a homebody. Uh, I'm extremely grateful uh, that I do still live with family. And so, yes, I have. I'm not, like, really completely alone. But, I mean, I try to make time for myself and try to create a space, whether it's walking in my neighborhood time alone or it's just being in my bedroom and just writing something or just being able to like listen to music that I like, or it could even be something as meditative as maybe cooking a simple meal that I enjoy or just appreciating something that someone has done for me. Um, like reflecting on that in silence. 
I think that's hard. A lot of people sometimes are uncomfortable with silence. We are surrounded by so much noise that sometimes we don't embrace, you know, the quiet and stillness of life and just be able to embrace being able to absorb our surroundings. And I've been learning from different mentors and people how to be more in tune with that, how to be able to tap into what you told uh, me about like the subconscious, about how to be present. And one of the things I would like to do is I think I would like to be able to record like dreams and stuff and maybe in the future keep like a dream journal. I don't know if that'll ever happen because most of the time when I wake up, I'll remember my dream for like a few seconds and then afterward I'll forget. And then I kind of get upset because I was like, man, that was such a good dream. I wonder if that's like my alternate reality or something. Definitely could be. I feel like some dreams some dreams you can remember them fairly easily and you could almost visualize you like you could remember like you can tell it like a story and then other dreams are exactly like you said like like some of them are so vague to the point where you could remember like the feelings and like it's weird like yeah dreams is definitely weird but i do feel like dreams uh dreams are like um they're like your subconscious, like, but that's like at a hundred percent, right? Because if you're, you're when you're asleep, right, you're pretty much not conscious, like you're not. Yeah, awake, that's like not... I think your REM, your REM sleep, right? I think that's what they call it. Yeah, funny you're thing much about the... sleep, I I gave you that book that you should like read. It's by Matthew Walker. I think he's like a neuroscientist about why we sleep. Um, I found out this year that I like audiobooks and the sound of rain um wind like blowing through the trees i found out like sounds are very soothing for me and i was like i wonder if i should get like one of those like noise machines when i sleep or if i'm like able to just sleep in silence and i know i can do both but recently because i usually work nights at my job right now at the hospital um it's been hard for me to sleep during the day because everyone's noisy you know life happens during the day too so i'm like trying to put my earplugs in put on like my little mask be like comfort with my like four blankies um on top of me and like all my pillows and i'm trying to make like a blanket fortress you know like a cocoon <laughs> yes I'm the, I'm the type of kid who used to make pillow and blanket forts i'm not ashamed to say that christian <laughs> but um yeah it's been hard to like be able to have sleep i mean exercise eating sleep i think those are like the essential like needs and going back to that i mean once you lack in one of those areas of your needs it can be crippling yeah and something like i think that's 100 percent like exercise sleep nutrition like those are just pretty much i feel like objective truths about everybody that if you don't find the balance or the amount that you need then like shit can get fucked up. Like as, as yeah. much as you want to be like loving and all that, like if you don't sleep, like if you only sleep an hour, two hours every day, like it's going to be hard. And you're, I, I'm finding, and that's kind of funny because I'm a nutrition major or whatever, but <laughs> it's funny though. Cause it's like, I got my whole degree in nutrition, but it's not till like recently where I really like have this like, knowledge for food but not like textbook knowledge or like knowledge that i can tell you like carbs and protein and calories and micronutrients like not stuff like that but like 
actually understanding like the psychological influence that like for instance both me and you could eat a cupcake or both me and you could eat a slice of pizza right but depending on the uh, mindset that we have for when we eat this food it can completely change or influence the way in which that food literally interacts with your body and how like positive or negative that is so what i'm trying to get at is that the brain has a and the mind like has so much to do with like food like yeah that's why i i feel that like food is really medicine and i think i've learned like i've had really unhealthy eating habits as a kid and sometimes i still do as an adult i i will i will tell you the other day i did have a chocolate cupcake with extra frosting on top i didn't feel guilty but i learned that like it's okay once in a while to indulge but i'm also learning that as i get older i'm hoping that i can remove maybe sugar or lessen it if not eliminate it but to lessen the amount of it that i consume and i feel like food is also culture and a lot of cultures you know we want to have you know like the extra salt and the pozole we want to be able to have um you know like the really sweet um fruit like empanadas and i feel that it's important that people realize <laughs> that they can't overindulge because when they overindulge it's literally killing them i mean i can't tell you like sometimes it makes me sad when i see people like lack self care or they have eating disorders and i feel for those people because it's not their fault you know they're human and i feel like everyone goes through that different journey but to be able to create to be like where healthy comes from i think is something that needs to be cultivated and learned and i think we all have seeds to grow and to find the joy within us to be able to share that vision i think that's also important too that we have to be able to do what's best for us and what's best for our families and i know we both went to cal poly mona and you know the city is a food desert I mean, we even talk about this in my program about public health and the health disparities, the social determinants of health, how people like really don't like realize that there's so many factors, intergenerational um, poverty. There's just so many factors that come into play that affect you as a kid that you don't even realize. And then when you grow up as an adult, you're like, oh, I never had that. And then going back to what you said earlier in the podcast about not being able to think about what is more, you know, like big lots, which used to be called pick and save. Um, everybody always wants, you know, more, 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 you know, the American capitalism type of thing. But do we really need more? Do we just need less, maybe? Maybe we just need to pursue something that's a little bit more realistic of what we can really need rather than what we want and i think i've learned that from my parents cuz my parents are immigrants and i think i'm learning to appreciate that their simple humble beginnings of being able to have less not in terms of wealth or what house you live in but in terms of wealth in your health 
and also your happiness is much more appreciative because you can have all the nice things, but things can, like you said, be taken away by a fire or an earthquake or some other natural disaster and you could just lose it all. But you want to be able to have, you know, relationships, connection, people, love, all the good things in life. And I know people may disagree with this. They're like, no, like I still want to have like that nice car. I still want to have a good paying job. And there's nothing wrong with that either. I'm not dissuading a, one idea is better than the other. But I feel that as we get into like the upcoming holiday season to really reflect on not only has this been um, a year of reflection of so many things and dynamics that have been played, but also to just really be able to see what makes you happy and to find, you know, your own way of being okay. Yeah. And I'm kind of interested to know more about like your background. Like you said, your parents were immigrants and like, can you tell me and the listeners a little bit more about like, I don't know, like the way you grew up, like where'd your parents come from or like just kind of that idea. Okay. Um, well, my parents are from India, but um, raising a Catholic household, I had kind of like this weird like cultural difference growing up as a Christian Indian was kind of like weird for some people because most people would think like oh do you practice Hinduism are you Baha'i faith are you Buddhist and I know you did your like funny Buddha interview but there's like a lot of culmination of religions that come from the ancient country and I have visited the country about a decade ago um, and I visited some of my cousins but it's funny because I've also had like this interplay of being like multi-ethnic and embracing other parts of my ancestry. So I'm also like Indo-Portuguese and a little bit of like French colonial and stuff like that. But it's funny because when people say like, oh, well, like, do you speak like any of the other languages? And it's like, I had this disconnect culturally. It's because like when my parents at home will speak something, sometimes I'm able to understand, but I'm not able to communicate sadly with other people from their region of Southern India because my parents chose not to teach me the language. And they had their own reasonings. They just wanted me to have like more of an American English accent. But a lot of my friends who come from a similar of that cultural background a lot of them speak like multiple languages and i'm always like impressed and in awe because i'm just like oh i wish i would be able to connect with another person in another language and i do i mean i connect with people at my work through spanish i'm not perfect it's more like spanglish but i do the best i can and in some ways it gives me a sense to be able to connect with people and i feel like when you learn to be a little bit multilingual um, I feel like it, it breaks down a lot of barriers, even if you're not able to fully understand someone, but you're able to help them in like small things. I think that's like the greatest gift that you can give someone is being able to feel understood, but also to be able to share that with them. Are you eating a beef jerky? No. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Pocky stick? I don't know. No, it's a... Uh, oh. uh... Flags, banderillas, tamarindo flavored candy with salt and chili. Oh, I love agua fresca de tamarindo. That's my favorite drink. Really? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, talking about cultural stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. So it seems like. Wait, 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 I know. I am, in a lot of ways, I'm very ignorant. Like super, <laughs> super ignorant. What it's language? Okay, I am too. I feel like beyond this podcast, people were like, "Man, what kind of person did he bring on here?" Super awesome person. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, what language? India is like a super huge country. I know the population. Yeah, there's like a lot of languages. Right. Okay, that was gonna say I, like I what language? I don't know how. I don't know the exact number. You probably have to go to Google, Doctor Google, for everything. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of languages. Um, a lot of people know Hindi, because but that's more like northern based. But since we're southern based, I noticed this when I traveled to southern India. I mean, some people do speak Hindi in the in southern India too, but it's like more common. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure someone internationally will say like they disagree, which is fine. But I noticed that they tend to speak. You know, everyone mostly speaks English because they were colonized by the British Empire. But most Indians speak English. Most of them do. In some regions, you'll find that they speak limited English, so they'll be like limited English、um, proficient people. So sometimes they'll speak Hindi, sometimes they'll speak Gujarati, or whatever the language of the region, depending on where you're from. Some people will speak Konkani, Marathi.、Um, there's all like different kinds of languages. There's like so many Tamil. Um, all kinds. Like I don't even I don't even know how many. I'm pretty sure if I talk with my brother and my family, they'll probably like tell me there's just a lot. And so,、um, depending on where people are from, it's just a very beautiful place. I mean, I hope I could visit it again one day. But I mean, one of the things that I did notice is that、uh, people can be very welcoming, but also there's also a lot of corruption too. And I know that the opportunities that my parents had sacrificed for me to be here in America is something I never take for granted. When I was younger, I was like so ungrateful. I was like, "Oh, why do I have to do this?" Or, "Oh, why do I have to feel like I should be grateful to like be here and not have some of the hardships that they went through?" And as I reflected on it, I was like, "Well." This is probably my opportunity to be able to create a platform for myself and be able to be grateful in my own way, not what my parents had instilled in me, but to realize as an adult the opportunities that they have given me and the opportunities that hopefully I will continue to give myself as I grow into the art of being my own beautiful human. You say that because you're on the Art of Human podcast. No, I'm saying it <laughs> because I feel like being human is something we tend to shut off. Like I was mentioning early in the podcast, people tend to like switch it off and be emotionless. People tend to what we call like desensitize. You know, we all know that person who's like, I don't know what the correct word is, but like stoic, stoic. I don't know how to say it. But like people who tend to not really tap into themselves、um, in terms of like the feeling stuff, but they tend to be like more analytical. They tend to be just very like dry.、Mm, is that 
you said earlier that you were trying to work more on the feeling part of it. Do you feel like you're more on the analytical side? Yes and no. I feel like sometimes I can be analytical and then other times I feel like I've been able to better able to express myself. Um, but it's something I, it's always a process for me. I feel like it's not something it's like one day it's like, Oh yeah, like I can do it. And then other days I'm just like, man, this is like a struggle. I feel it. I feel it. You know what I feel right now? You want to know what I feel right now? What do you feel? <laughs> I feel like like there's a part of me that like yo like we're doing a podcast but at the same time I'm trying to I'm getting real comfortable right now as you could see how I'm kind of sitting down because like there's been times where I stand up during the podcast but I'm like I'm gonna hella chill right now because I'm like I already told you I'm pretty tired but I don't know I just feel like Sometimes it's hard for me to just kind of let go of everything and just like really just like embrace the moment. But yeah, this is, this is a good moment. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. Like my mind's like, I feel like my brain's not working at a hundred percent. So it's almost like this whole thing has kind of been like a, like a fucking dream. And like some of the, like you'll be talking like, I'm being serious. Like, I'm listening to everything you're saying, but by the time you get to the end of it, I'm just like, man, like, what am I going to say next? But it's like, I'm thinking that way because it's like the podcast, you know? But I don't know. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, feel, like, I feel like it's like, you know, when you want to say something, it's like on the tip of your tongue. And then when the person is speaking, you're like, wait, let me have a moment. Just shut up and just let me say something. <laughs> oh, I think I know what it is right now. I'm just really enjoying just listening like to what you're saying. And so I think that's why I'm just kind of, yeah, that's why I'm asking questions. Cause I'm, I like to li like when I'm tired, I like to listen. I like to just listen, listen. So let's see, what else can I ask Lauren? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> if you but had to pick to be a, a type of monkey what would you be and why that's a great question but i don't know that much of different types of monkeys there's orangutan there's baboon there's gorilla okay i know those three <laughs> how much more <laughs> give me more if you ask this question that means you have to know at least 10 different oh monkeys. no <laughs> i think that's all the three i know maybe See, those are the three i know too <laughs> I feel like those are the three that probably most people would know about. Out of those three, the the chimpanzees like the most. They're like the black ones that like are most similar to us, right? The chimpanzees are the ones that are most similar to humans, right? Aren't I think they? so, but don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. There's that. There's that. There's that. There's that famous woman, right, who worked with them. What was her name? Oh, man, dude. I'm, like, so bad with that. I'm looking up a chimp chimpanzee as you're talking. Yep, this is the exact one that I was thinking about. Chimpanzee. <laughs> like that. This is the type of monkey I was like to be. did they have, like, that, like, on Nickelodeon or something when you watch, like, Jimmy Neutron? They used to have, like, that yeah. little, like, monkey at the end or something with, like, yep. a third eye or something. Did he have a third eye? 
I I can't remember. It was like maybe something. it did. I know Joe Rogan has something. Uh, you watch Joe Rogan? You actually you didn't even know who Joe Rogan I, was. I right? I didn't know until you introduced me to him, and I've watched like maybe I don't even remember the video. I've watched like one thing or something. Very interesting. The way he interviews people and gets set like everyone has like a different way of interviewing people yeah and i i feel like that's that's the whole point too yeah i'm looking up this monkey from nickelodeon because i want to see if it has a third it does have the third eye it's dna productions watch <laughs> dude that's like kind of crazy it has a monkey with a third eye isn't that kind of crazy i feel like these cartoons as a kid like like, as a kid, you didn't notice how, like, kind of deep I they feel were? like that could be, like, a spiritual significance for some people. Because for some people, they think, like, the third eye is kind of, like, the evil... Not evil eye, but it's, like, like for protection or something. Or it's, like, your other, like, senses or whatever. I don't know. So you haven't looked too much in the, into the third eye? No, not really. I'm pretty sure someone probably... I don't know. I'm pretty sure someone that I've talked to in a discussion in the past has probably like mentioned it to me, but there's just so many things that like, I'm okay with saying, I don't know that if I don't know something, like I've just learned to say like, I don't know, like maybe I'll find it out later or ask someone who's more knowledgeable on it. I'm the same way. Like there's some people who are really into like third eye stuff and like, like I'll say that I'm like spiritual or whatever, but I'm not, like, you won't really catch me at, like, like, I'm not, what am I trying to say? Like, I'm not going to, like, websites and stuff and, like, looking at all this, like, chakra stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I enjoy that. And I've, I've read a little bit about chakra stuff. But, like, for me, it's really just about, like, for me, spirituality is just literally me being in tune with my body. Like, it's not even so much ideas that I read from books. Like, it's really just, like me understanding how my body moves and like i don't know i read a i have a book it's called becoming a supple leopard I have you heard of that it? book Mm-mm. well pretty much it teaches you how to use your body like i know that sounds kind of funny but it teaches you how to properly use like your body because there's like i think the book says there's like seven or eight arch- archetypes or are i think that's how you say it. archetypes you know what that is like it's like an archetype like for instance like lifting something up like there's an archetype for that like obviously i can lift up a bunch of things but this is like one type of archetype then there's like this kind of movement and then like a squat is like an archetype so basically there's like seven or eight different archetypes which kept or which um basically would include all of human movement like the different styles of human movement and this book kind of teaches you how to do that human movement. And really it talks a lot about like mobility and doing like deep tissue work and like how torque works, like doing a push up is like, Oh yeah. I remember that. Okay. You remember that from where? From one of my classes. <laughs> in oh, kinesiology. Right. We, we took um, like a biomechanics class, which is like basically exercise applied to physics. Very interesting class. It was one of one of my harder classes in kinesiology just because physics I, th- I think physics lab was more fun for me than the theory of physics but it's funny because I had someone um, introduce me to like a different realm called like quantum physics and like metaphysical sciences and stuff like that but 
that's like a different genre for a different day. And even I don't know that much about it, but I was kind of exposed to that. And it's kind of helped me think about the world in a different way, or at least to see like other people's perspectives about how the world is viewed. It's kind of like abstract thinking, which is kind of challenging for me, but also like, like I love like reading about it, but then also like applying it is like a little bit difficult. Hmm. My question is what, like, I know you do exercise. Like, what do you do for exercise? Mm. Well, I think you mentioned you do exercise. I don't yeah. Know. Like, <laughs> um, what do you, what do you like to do? Uh, it, it really depends. Sometimes if I'm lazy, <laughs> I'll just do stretching like yoga, like very light stretching inside the house or in my room. Um, if I'm feeling motivated, I'll go for like a small jog. And I jokingly told you I'm not the fastest runner. I'm not a, I'm not a very fast runner. I've been trying to train myself as an adult to be a little bit healthy or more of a jogger. Um, but I do enjoy like hiking, walks. Um, when I used to go to the gym before the pandemic, I used to love functional movement, fitness, FMS, um, different things that are applicable like to everyday life. I would try to challenge myself with people who I used to work out at the gym. And it was actually a lot of fun because I was able to meet people and challenge myself to learn about different things from different people and why they thought this and who thought was the best diet for what and their nutrition. But I feel like everybody's body, it has their own journey and there's really no right or wrong way to exercise your body or to fuel your body. You have to just do what's right for you. Okay. So lately your most common thing has been yoga and like stretching? Yoga, stretching. Sometimes it's been hit. Sometimes I've been doing like boxing mm -hmm. i had like these pair of like old boxing gloves that i got because my girlfriend and i we um not my girlfriend but like my friend who i call my friend who's my girlfriend anyway um she and i went for like this boxing class and so we tried it out it was like a trial of like six classes and i was like okay cool free boxing gloves like come along with it so i tried it out and i kind of exposed myself to like some mixed martial arts I was like, okay, this is kind of fun, like just to try it out. So I tried boxing. I've tried a little bit of Muay Thai. I've tried jujitsu. Um, I'm not very good at it. I definitely have the white belt mentality. Um, I'm not very consistent with it. I've had um, a contact of mine on Instagram who tries to reach out to me once in a while to like make me come back to like try to like try it out it'd be so good for you you learn like real life skills about not only just defending yourself but having more confidence and I haven't been able to because of this pandemic because of the spread of infection and just for my own health and safety I know there's a lot of people who just don't care they're just like this is a made-up disease I won't wear a mask and they're right to have those opinions too and I respect those as well so I mean for me it's just I just do what's the best that I can um, but yeah, I'll try to do HIIT training. Um, you probably laugh a lot of times. I just go on YouTube and just find random videos online. I go on people's Instagrams. I mean, I was a kinesiology major. So a lot of people that I follow on my Instagram, either 40 to 50%. I have a cousin who's like a fitness personality in India. Um, he got his, what you have, I think the, is it the CSCS? Do you have that? Uh, CISSN. Like I, certified okay, that, sports nutritionist. That's what he has. I'm sorry. 
my bad, wrong um, certification. But I know he has numerous certifications in that. And he actually switched from being into like investment finance and business. He went from that into like the fitness realm. And he's much happier and healthier with that. So he enjoys doing that and helping people build healthier lives. And then being a kinesiology major, it was funny because when I graduated from Cal Poly Pomona, I will never forget what my dad said. My dad and my brother were with me at this banquet and they were just looking at all my classmates. They were like, oh my God, why are people so fit here? And I was like, well, I'm a kinesiology major. Like a lot of people are very in tune with their health and my dad saw this one girl. He's like, oh my God, like she's so ripped. And how'd she get so fit? I'm like, dad, shh, like stop judging. <laughs> like all bodies are beautiful, man. <laughs> um, but it was funny because I realized that um, really being body positive in my own life and uh, like appreciating my own body and how it is and where it's going to be at in the next so many years. I work with older people. So I know that aging happens and our bodies change and to just embrace the unknown I think has been an eye-opener I think working everywhere from the very young with my children at my behavior therapist job to working with the very old working in a nursing home at Country Oaks and to now like working in a hospital which is like the in-between on the med surge floor but I'm really grateful for the opportunities that people have given me and I feel as an adult, I'm extremely grateful that people believe in me, but more importantly, that I'm believing in myself and honing into my own, um, my own vulnerability as like a power, but more of it, not just being a power, but for me as a tool to use in my everyday life, especially when I feel like hopeless, I think it's just a humble reminder to be more resilient and to appreciate how far I've come rather than where I've been or where I'm going to be. Wow. Did you always blow me away with your answers? I don't think I so. I feel like you're going to have someone in the future in the podcast who will have something very intriguing and you're going to get like so many views one day and that's going to be a very interesting person. What you just you wait. You never know. An interesting person. <laughs> I feel like, like there's more there's more interesting people than me. I've noticed that. What do you mean? But, that's, that's subjective. Like to say <laughs> people more interesting than me, like that's an opinion. Okay, maybe I need to maybe I need to stop having opinions and just embracing it then. <laughs> well, what I'm trying to say is like, dude, like if you were to show up on Joe Rogan's podcast, like a few million people would watch it. But that's because they're because they're on the Joe Rogan podcast. Like this podcast doesn't get that many people viewing it, but you know, you've done freaking, you've talked in front of, you said 500 to 1,000 people. Like, I don't know exactly the full context of that, but they didn't give you that that opportunity because they didn't think you were cool or, or like had something awesome to say. Like, I'm sure you had that opportunity because somebody was like, damn, like Lauren is a really good speaker. She's got some really interesting points. But I wasn't always she like has, that. I've no, had, like, I know, my but what struggles. I'm trying to get at is that like, like you are a really great like guest right now. You have really wonderful thoughts and opinions and a way of seeing life. Like honestly, it's really inspiring just to hear you because like I said, there's not that many people that elaborate about life in the way that you're doing so. And like like I said, like you'll say a bunch of things and it all like connects. 
and it's all like just like a big it's like a big connection of all of it like you literally went from talking about your cousin in india to graduation your dad saying something about people being really fit like you were saying like your answer was like yeah i enjoy it maybe i'll share some poetry now um i had actually submitted this poem at my school but i don't know if i'll get selected but it's something i worked on over the summer um i think for me just being able to have spoken word has been something that i've inspired to have just for myself not really to have it like on a podcast or a youtube video i know they have like those cool like poetry slams i think i've attended like one or two of those when they had them in downtown pomona but i've always been inspired by those people because i feel like oral history or spoken word in terms of like oral traditions how things are passed down in cultures you know like family stories and stuff like that i think that's important so this poem is called humanism and here we go i have it written down on my little like you can't see it but it's like a yellow like notepad kind of like kind of like blues clues or something but um yeah it's my big little notepad so are you ready for it hopefully the audience likes it i'm ready ready. (laughs) okay this is the form the style is called an acrostic poem so basically what that means is the first letter of the word that i'm going to tell you each line is like the letter of the the spelling of the word so the word i have is humanism and the first line h stands for hear the voices of the world you unite their feelings of empathy for humanity m music of all kinds brings soul to science a fair of change to be more caring to each other n knitted sunflowers give rays of hope knitted is like another word for like light or something that's like very bright i intentions for peace throughout the land s soul search for justice and truth n namaste to place humans with connection of deep feeling in the heart where a union of spirits blossom and that is the word humanism to me i hope you all enjoyed that (laughs) (laughs) what's namaste i've heard that word before but google it (laughs) i'm gonna google it i google it real quick let me see but i really enjoyed that though you're gonna have to like i have other poems (laughs) that pdf that you just read do you have it like do you have like a picture of it do you make like a like a like right now i'm trying to create um either pdf or a doc document of it i have a couple of other poems like haikus that are like shorter and stuff that's one of the things i'm doing is i would like to write a book one day i just don't know on what my mom jokingly told me she says you should write a cookbook a funny cookbook of like the indian american medley or whatever it could be or it could be like my labyrinth of love i don't know that's just some like titles i played with in my head over the course of like a few years but i don't know if i'll ever publish a book or self-publish but that's something i've always wanted especially 
with going through, you know, different things, like difficult things of like adolescence. And as an adult, I just feel like I wanted to just have something of my own. And in terms of that, I think I've been really inspired by different poets um, throughout the years. I think the one of them that's really connected with me a lot is Rupi Carr. I don't know how to say her name, but she's a really good poet. I think she writes the book Milk and Honey. I don't know if you've heard of that. I think I have. I don't remember what it's about, but I feel like I've seen that title. Yeah. So she has like some really good stuff. I mean, of course, the traditional ones from like Robert Frost and like the monkey's paw and like other cut, like fun stuff from like childhood that you used to like read in like um, your English or literature classes and stuff like that. I think just exposing myself, like I was never really the strongest student and I still am not sometimes. <laughs> I just, some days I'm just, you know, doing the best I can to just make the most of it. But I'm realizing this year when I started listening to audiobooks that it kind of took me back to like story time of childhood when you're at the library. And I didn't realize that I might be a little bit of an audio learner when it comes to books. Like I remember you telling me like it was such a struggle to like read books at Cal Poly and like try to read like a paragraph. I feel you on that one. It was like so hard. But I think this last year when I decided to try out um, Libby, I think it's like a audiobook app. Some are like Audible or whatever. There's like so many now. There's like too many Hoopla, whatever. Um, those like apps I think have been really helpful because like I can exercise and listen to something. I can listen to like the, oh, there's another famous book too. The, it's the book by um, Mr. Covey, The Seven Highly Effective Habits of Highly Successful People or something like that. I know that someone at the gym had recommended that to me and actually read the book. And I know a lot of people read that in high school or something, which a friend of mine had told me that. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. People actually read that in high school. But it was something I read as an adult. I have even uh, was referred to this other book, I think, called The Reptilian Brain, which I haven't read yet, but I'm curious about that book, too. I think you should. I think you should start documenting. Obviously, you've already documented it by writing it down on a piece of paper. I know. I need to, like, actually, like, put it in permanent, like, in a PDF or a file and, like, yeah, copyright and tra trademark it. <laughs> You could do the last part, but I was just going to say, like, if you were to just make it into, like, a digital piece of content and then just, like, put it out into the, like, to the internet, I think that'd That's be really cool. That's something I would have to work on. Maybe you could help me with that. Do you mean work on it, like, from the technical standpoint or, like, to get the, like, or what do you mean by, do you want, like, is it, like, encouragement? Are you kind of shy of putting out your work into the world or is it, or what? I don't know if I'm like really shy about putting it into the world. It's more of like, I want to know that the content that I create will be something that will not just inspire, but also to make people, you know, have a little bit more like happiness or like to make them question like, wow, that was something that was, it doesn't have to be profound, but it's something that makes people like, wow, that's something I never thought about in that way. Well, I, think I think I was like told as a kid that I asked too many questions and one of my jobs jokingly says like Lauren was most likely the person to ask questions and I think it's because like I'm curious 
So like maybe when I write or like when I'm in a writing mode, when I'm like thinking, I try to about think of think about ideas that spark curiosity and innovation. It may not seem like it, but it's something that I think is something that I hope to create. And even if people don't like it, it's okay. It's just, it would make me something that, that I'm proud of, the work that I put out. Well, I guess you said maybe I can help you. I think the first thing I could tell you is that that your work has already, like I've already enjoyed what you've told me, which you've literally only read like one poetry. <laughs> and just like knowing you as a person for as much as I know you, like, like I already said, like, you have a particular way of looking at things and you have like everybody has a unique story. Like you, your parents came from a particular place. Like you were telling me about your parents. Like, like but I've dude, also like, learned that our stories don't always have to like be about us. Like sometimes you can also end the story and also begin your own life or have your own kind of like awakening. Yeah. And like, people like you said people cannot like it or people can like it but you never really know until you put it out there so i would just say like if you felt like it because if you don't feel like it that's perfectly fine too and i would say like don't do it because you don't feel like doing it but if you ever do feel like sharing it with people i'd say go for it you know because okay. the same way and don't get me wrong this is coming from a person which in maybe some ways I'm similar to you because like you've mentioned, like you're probably leaning more towards introvert than extrovert. I would have to say the same about myself. Like me doing this podcast and me having Instagram and me being like, you know, even putting out stuff on Instagram, promoting the podcast or whatever, like putting my face out there and like videos of my, dude, you, Literally, I put out a video of me in my underwear, like, outside, talking to a freaking statue, like... But at least you but, were able to make some people laugh. Some people, like, thought it was funny, because, like, sometimes it's been a hard day, and you just need to, like, well, I'll, I'll cuss a little bit, shoot the shit sometimes, <laughs> and you just need to, like, take a breather, and you're like, you know what, like, let it be how it's gonna be, and just go with the flow, and we'll just see how it turns out. Yeah, exactly. Like, what I'm trying to get at is that, like, just have fun with the process of putting out, like, content, and, like, you'll never regret it. Like, it's it's weird, though. Like, I'll have certain times where I'll post something, and I'm like, fuck, I'm super anxious about it. Or I'm super, like, fearful about the judgment. Um, and what I've noticed more is that I'm usually most fearful of, like, posting stuff on Instagram, because I feel like that's like the platform where I have it's like so much toxicity like I mean I know we follow each other on Instagram but maybe that's why I don't like post like too many stories or like have like the little like videos and stuff and it's because it's I'm like you as an introvert I'm like am I overthinking this maybe I should just post something and like not care and just like you know live my own life and just record life and that's people what they do is they use social media to document their lives good bad everything in between I mean of course like some people think it's toxic I think this year I decided like to delete my Facebook but then I realized I'm still connected to Facebook because I still have an Instagram so I was like that was a fail <laughs> but then I also learned from my university at my orientation last year that failure means it's your first attempt in learning 
Now, as cheesy as that sounds, it is also some little nuggets of wisdom that's kind of gotten me through some difficult circumstances and kind of reminds me that it's okay to, you know, as they say, try, try again, but also that we shouldn't look at failure as something to be like a negative connotation, but like, as you said, turn that negative into a positive. Yeah. And there's something like, there's some, there's a lot of beauty in social media. You know, one perspective, there's a lot of beauty because, you know, one of the most satisfying things that I've done on social media is uh, on Facebook, I've done, I haven't done it in a while, but probably one of the most fulfilling things that I've done on social media was going on Facebook Live. And because on Facebook Live, I think you could put like a caption for your video. And I put, ask me anything about nutrition, like, let's talk. And I just went live on Facebook. And like, it's not like I had freaking 30, 40, 100,000 people like watching me. Literally, it would be like one person, two people. It might just be my mom. And she asked me something about nutrition. Right I love away. moms, though. They're like your best cheerleaders and yeah, supporters. They are. My mom's literally the biggest cheerleader. Like, you know, like. I think all moms are. Even dads are, too. Dads and other people in your life, guardians. I've seen that, too. They're always, like, your biggest, like, supporters. As long as you have that, friends, family, whoever it is. I remember I went to one graduation, and there was, like, a huge family. And I was like, man, wouldn't it be cool to, like, have such a big family and have all that support and love? Your family is the best. Um... And just to, like, finish my point real quick, like... Um, Are you getting sleepy? <laughs> am I getting sleepy? Uh, I'm pretty good right now. I feel pretty good. Um, like, I, I would do these Facebook Live videos, and I would have, like, my mom, like, my aunt, and, like, sometimes, like, my high school coach for cross-country and, like, stuff like that. But, like, there was a few people that would tune in, and, like, that was probably one of the most gratifying things I've ever done on social media. Because it was just, like, because I think that's the thing about me. Like, I like to just connect. Like, like you know, if we can be in live, like, that's the most authentic way of connecting with somebody through social media. You know, the same way us doing this podcast right now is just me and you. Like, this is, like, a form of social media because it's, obviously it's, like, a platform and we're using it to communicate. Like, that's that's the kind of communication that I really love because it's just, like, in real time. So it's not, like me having to come up with this piece of content and then I post it, what's going to happen? Like, no, like I have a live video and I get to interact with people and I get to eat like in the moment, give advice or support or just a conversation. That's why I, I don't love know. Story that's why I love storytellers. I think it's so fascinating when people have podcasts, whether it's on Spotify or YouTube or whatever platform they have now. Um, it's really cool. Just people's lives are very fascinating and sometimes if we don't get to record them we lose out on missed opportunities to not only hear about lived experiences but also to gain the wisdom of the human experience and that is irreplaceable yeah and it's like dude like us doing this podcast of course other people can look at it and maybe they get some insightful information or whatever like i've watched plenty of content that i've been inspired by like joe rogan i don't know matthew mcconaughey bruce lee 
uh, Bruce Hicks Lee is Gracie. very, very fascinating. I I feel like watching his videos of his discipline and his tenacity and grit, it was so sad that he had to die at such a young age. But also at the same time, he accomplished a lot in his short time here on this earth. That's the kind of shit, like, that's the reason I'm on social. Because I'm like, dude, like, I've been inspired so, so much by people who were in movies, by people who have a podcast, by people like book authors that have written books. And like what I was trying to, what I was going to say earlier too, is like, even if we did this podcast and like, I don't post it anywhere and it's literally just for us to be talking right now. Like it's worth something in the sense that like, I'm elaborating some ideas or feelings that I have. You ha- you're elaborating ideas and feelings that you have right now. And once we're done, like once we end this and once we continue and wake up tomorrow and the next day, like we've done something here, you know, like, like you, you're going to be in your mind like, oh yeah, like I had that conversation with Christian and like we, rec- <laughs> we recorded it and then like this will go on YouTube. So like literally five, 10 years from now, you'd be like, oh man, like let me see what I was like when I was, I don't even know how old you are when I was like 25 <laughs> and like, let me see what was going on back then. And I can literally go back and see exactly the kind of thoughts and ideas, genuine or disingenuine, disingenuous, like I'll be able to see that. So even if it's not worth for anybody else, like it's, it's, it's valuable for ourselves. If you have the mindset, that's the way I see it. I think it's it's like how we grow and our experiences like we all go through phases in life and this is just one part or snippet of that like if you think of like a timeline right and you see that there's arrows at both ends and there's no end to it it's like goes on to infinity you know like right now at the point of our both lives because we're relatively young we're only at like the very itty bitty beginning on that big line of life or even if you want to bend the line or see it not even as that, as some other kind of like weird other realm. Um, we've only lived a little bit of our life so far and we have so much more to go. And people who are older than us have lived so much of their life, but they too also have so much great things to offer too. And that's if you're looking at things from the human perspective. But if you look at things from a much more macro macro perspective, it's like, Dude, you could be a hundred-year-old human and in one perspective, you're still young as fuck because like this universe has been around for 13.6 billion years and even till the day that you die, like if you're not thinking of yourself as a human but just thinking of yourself as a part of this universe, like you are so freaking young, like... Like there's a beauty in and kind of recognizing that I feel like because it because it's like yo I'm so ignorant but there's so much beauty in knowing that there's so much out there there's so much vastness it's it's just this is something that I've realized like it's like there's no once you realize that there's no sense of perfection like you can go to school go to school go to school go to school be have a freaking PhD and have all these sixty years of experience in your field relative to other humans yo like you're like you know a lot which is great we which is super great but 
in relative to the universe and the grand scheme of like the amount of knowledge which is out there which is like infinite like you still don't know anything so i think the the reason i say that and the reason i like that perspective is because it brings me a sense of peace Mm -hmm. that as much ignorance that i might have right now at this moment there's no reason not to be grateful and content for the way that things are at this exact moment because give me 30 years of podcasting right let's say i'm the best pod like i'm the number one viewed podcaster 20 years from now it still doesn't make this moment any more than it is right now at the level of knowledge and experience that i have because there's an infinite amount of knowledge and experience and if i truly appreciate the right now exactly where i'm at and i'm not and I'm not just freaking, oh my God, I can't wait till I'm just like have these many viewers. And I just hope that like one day I have all this knowledge. Like if I could actually appreciate for who I am at this exact moment, then it doesn't, like there's never going to be a perfect moment. So what I'm trying to get at is the whole concept of like being in the present moment. I think that being in the present moment is losing all your ambitions, being completely empty minded being completely immersed in the moment and that's it like it's not even thinking like yo i'm existing in the moment it's just like it's more like feeling being it's completely aware feeling it's yeah. completely feeling that's why and i love I, bruce lee i feel like that's so important and i that's why i was saying like a lot of people tune that out a lot of people live their lives very robotic and it's so unhealthy Sometimes I have to catch myself too doing that. I'm like, whoa, did I just really feel that way? I was like, whoa, let me like reflect and like, you know, really think about what I'm feeling right now instead of just like letting the moment pass. Keep going. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you getting you're getting tired too, huh? Well, it's up to you. This is your show, dude. <laughs> How are you feeling though? How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty good? I mean, Kinda. there's, I mean, if you want to ask more, it's totally up to you. I mean, I know okay. you've had a long day. I've had, well, I kind of slept all day recovering from yesterday at work, but yeah. I have to like, okay. during the regular week, I'm like a normal person. I get up during the day and try to do things and do that, but just one or two nights a week, I become a night owl. So I'm like, kind of. And the bridge between juggling being a lark or a day person and then on my nights that I work at the hospital being at the night. It's funny because I never thought I'd actually work night shift and it's kind of been beneficial learning a lot about people, but also how people like to have their routines at night are people whose routines have been disturbed at night when they're at the hospital. So it's very funny and so many like funny stories that I hear but it's also been an eye-opener and wisdom about like I guess how to be a caregiver and how to care for people and in terms of me because I'm family oriented it kind of made me realize I'm like well I hope I can give this like somewhat of a good care for my parents when they get old if they are not able to care for themselves but I know not everyone thinks that way or they look into options where they can find someone else to care for their loved one so it's made me think a lot about that about life and to really just be able to, like you said, be happy. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll use that to promote the podcast. You doing that right now. <laughs> Are you sure? You don't want to be like, I have to go and like smell the flowers or something. Ooh. I actually have this Those are book. real flowers? No. They're actually fake. But I have this book. You can't see it. Sorry, because of my background. But it's the wildflower. Wait, wild can you take flowers. off the background so you can show me? Let me see. Hold on. Let me go into the settings. All right, while you do that, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick, and then we'll start wrapping up. Does that sound like a plan? Yes, hold on. How do I – is it – just a quick question. What's <laughs> I don't know if this will be in the progress. Where it says edit profile picture, is that where I go? Uh. No, not that one then. Hopefully, if it's going to, like, ex- you, exit you out, like, then don't worry about it because I'd rather not do that. Uh, I'll worry. I'll I won't worry about it. But basically, it was given to me actually by um, someone long time ago who said he bought me. And I kind of like look at this handout sometimes when I'm walking around. It has like different types of flowers in like Southern California and how they're native here. It's kind of funny how they have um, different flowers that are like funny, like dog fiddle and mayweed and miner's lettuce and stuff like that. But it's always something that I uh, think about is like how we need to be more in tune with nature and how people need to like sometimes like get out there. And I've done this with someone who taught me this about like removing your shoes and like feeling the earth. Mm. You know, I think, didn't you do that? I can't remember if you did that on a podcast or not. I mean, I was definitely barefoot last that podcast. (laughs) So, okay. So you probably are already aware of this then about being able to like really feel the earth and try to be able to like be more in tune with nature and things like that. I feel like technology is a blessing, but it's also made us a little bit disconnected in some ways. It's great to connect and also disconnect. I don't know. It's like a fine line. That I people agree. struggle with. I agree 100%. I didn't really get to, I didn't say this earlier, but when I was asking you about how much time do you spend by yourself, like for me, like I spend a lot of time by myself. Like, I mean, and I say a lot of times, obviously that's like contextual. I'm really saying a lot only relative to what I think most people do. I mean, do. I do make time. I do spend time with like family and friends, but I feel like this pandemic has just exasperated like, me having me time <laughs> yeah exactly like dude me too like i've not, i don't like i've spent the most time by myself like during this pandemic like ever than ever but i've also learned that like this is kind of just who i am like i like to spend a lot of time by myself like and it may, like it's a part of my balance like my equilibrium like i spend a good amount of time by myself i even if like one day I'm married or I live with somebody, have a significant other like that, like I'll probably still have my routine where like I take at least an hour by myself because because it it's a big part of me being at equilibrium at least right now. Like even if it's just me taking five ten minutes to like do some breathing exercise, like that shit is literally changed like. 
it can literally the game just changer, refresh when you your do mind. like when you do like kundalini or dragon fire breathing or like how you had your belly breathing that you've had already in your videos like that's so important i was taught that too by a, a person and i felt like that's actually helped me in some ways to reactivate parts of my brain and also to be aware that i'm i'm like something greater than i thought i could be and sometimes just breathing like you said is like is such like self-healing too even if we don't realize it when we tell people to take a breath sometimes people like hyperventilate <laughs> instead of like really like feeling into their body and reflecting on what they need and that just goes to my point way earlier in the I don't know if it was the middle or early-ish part of the podcast about how emotions feed into physical disease and ailments but there's so much medical research as I mentioned that has been done on this and it's like very true and it's very sad that people aren't really taught how to healthily have emotions because we're taught like this toxic masculinity of like men or boys should not cry and women shouldn't be this or that but we have to break down some of those constructs and kind of reevaluate what is helpful you know for yourself and for how you want to live your life to add on to your point i feel like that's exactly why it's so important to you don't necessarily have to be by yourself but to be into that meditative mind state of like everything's just flowing effortlessly or like it could be a meditation where you literally just sit back and just like allow your thoughts to just like play their course quote-unquote negative positive like there's no positive or negative like they're just they just are what they are and you just like just go limp right like as if you're like like literally just try to pretend like you're literally just dead like completely relax your body you'll you'll be surprised by how you can do like autogenic tuning or you could do like like tense muscle relaxation i know i'd taken like a class autogenic like, what um there is a class <laughs> at kapai pumanda they had like um what was it called it was like uh the stress reliever class or whatever. I forgot what the course was called, but it was taught by a health promotion professor. And it was very interesting about different ways to relieve stress. And I remember everyone was trying to do the assignments and not actually like read and actually absorb the material for like your well-being. And we were just doing it to like, oh, I just want to take it like an easy A course and just get my class and get my degree, you know, that rush, rush, rush. But I actually took that course and it actually helps me a little bit at the time being to have a little bit more balance in my life. I remember one of my fondest memories with um, one of my engineering friends at Kapolei Pomona. She and I went around. They had like these little stations and like the, the pancakes and the quad and stuff at the university and we literally were like little kids and we went up and down like the seesaw they're like sit on this and see who's heavy or whatever and we just went up and down because we were like the same weight so we we're just playing on this thing that the engineering department had done and playing with the, like the cool things that they sometimes have the projects sometimes it's also like the school of architecture and whatnot but it kind of reflected me to just continue to always have wonder and never forget to see the goodness in difficult situations. Damn. 
<laughs> you literally go from talking about your kines class to think, damn. I'm just like I don't know how to explain. I just like it, I don't. I almost don't like. There's no like. I the only thing I could do is just continue out into your point. I feel like at this point, the if we do another podcast, like it should literally just be you saying something. Which I guess this is the way podcast. No, but we're be. supposed to have a conversation. <laughs> no, no, but. I almost feel like it should just be you say something and then I just add something. Then you, then like I finish, then you add something. And it's like, we just make our whole podcast. Like, it's just like, we're just literally like, I, that's what I'm saying. I guess podcasts are like that where you're just bouncing off. But like, you get what I'm saying? Like maybe the ne- if we do another podcast, like you say something and then I just add my thoughts to it. And then you... I guess that's so we could like co-interview each other. I kind of like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It'd be like, like it'd be like know. a funny like rapid fire or something. Yeah, like almost like we'll purposely make it that like as soon as you're finished talking, like you have to like you have to either <laughs> add to it or you have to ask me a question. Like there's no <laughs> gaps in between. That's and we'll funny. make it like a 30 minute power podcast where like it's oh a power podcast. That's kind of power interesting. podcast. Like it's 30 <laughs> minutes, but it has to be very intensive. 30 minutes of like let's fucking go but there's no holding back either so like if there's no holding back that means that i'll probably have my voice like really loud the way it's kind of right now and there's probably going to be cursing on my side (laughs) um but there also that means you also have to have that intensity (laughs) do you think you could bring that intensity I'll do my best. A 30 minute power podcast. It'll be like literally you're lifting weights and it's just like, oh, oh. it'll be like one of your hit workouts, but it's a podcast. So That's maybe funny. if we really want to make this a high, like a, if we do a 30 minute power cast, maybe it should be like, maybe like every five minutes, like both of us have to get down and like do some pushups. <laughs> like, so it'll like legit be like we're powering through our like our ideas, but then physically we're actually demanding. What are you trying our to do? Too. Maybe do like a full metal jacket test or something, or sign me up for the like army corps or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't dude. think I was meant to be a GI Jane. <laughs> I respect those men and women and other people who serve in our you know military branches and stuff, but it would be funny like to have a mental and physical challenge. It would be it would be actually kind That'd of hilarious. That'd be kind of badass, right? <laughs> Dude, like I, think, I think about, it would be funny because I'd be really awkward, but I'd be laughing through it. <laughs> you'd be laughing, it'd be awkward, it'd take away all the anxiety because literally you're physically expending the energy. And like I feel like it's almost like have you seen hot ones on YouTube? Oh yeah. Like I feel like that's what makes that show kind of so cool. It's cause like they can never be that serious because they're literally eating these hot fucking wings. And at one point someone's gonna be like, holy fuck, and then they're gonna start crying. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Especially with these virtual podcasts, man. Like, I'm not saying I dislike them. They're cool, but... I know, dude. It's not I physical, was like, I you liked know? your idea what you told me over the phone, but for the time being, I'm just trying to be safe. To do a podcast like at a park or something? Yeah, or whatever other idea you have in mind. <laughs> That's you- probably safe, but I don't know. With with the restrictions that are going on, sometimes I don't even know because I don't know if the rules are changing. Sometimes you just have to like not break the rules, but find out like <laughs> what is it like a compromise or something like a, a safe compromise. Yeah. So what would be your safe compromise? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh well we'll figure out those details at some point i guess but this covid thing 
Unless a meteor hits and we all die before this thing's over. <laughs> Whoa, that went like total 360. Oof. I just like to be real and like, fuck it. But anyways, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that like, once we, I mean, at some point, this whole COVID thing is going to die down. And eventually, I'm, I'm thinking people are going to be able to just get together and not have to be so... I know people have already done that already. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, no, no. I know people are meeting up. Like, don't get me wrong. It's like I meet up with a few people too. And obviously, I work at a restaurant, so I see people all the time. But what I'm trying to get at is that, like, I'm sure there's other people like myself, like, in, like, it's, it's like, it's in the back of our brain. Like, ah, like, I want to go see my aunt who's like 60 years old, but like COVID. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's that thing in the back of your mind. Like, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? It's called your universal conscious. Do you remember when you're like watching that movie? What is it? Pinocchio or something? The little cricket. Oh. <laughs> That's like in your mind or whatever creature you have in your mind. People have different whatever. That little thing, you know. You know they have all like those true move commercials or they have like the angelic one and then like the little devil or something on like on your, each one of your shoulders. Like one of those things. Yeah. See, and the the big thing about that is that I'm a big, like, hugger. Like, I like to hug people, and I like to handshake hands. Like, I'm a big, like, I'm a big, I don't know if I should say, like, touchy person, but. You're probably, your, like, your love language is physical touch. You just like to be able to connect with people. Yeah, but it's usually, like. I don't know. This is, it's so weird because COVID happened to happen at the point of my life where I'm like actually like more self-aware than I've ever been. So it's going to be interesting to see how I interact with people once COVID's kind of been resolved. Right. But like, I'm a huge like handshaker, like hugger. I'm not like that with like everybody. Like, cause I'll get in my moments where I just like, you know, I'm just like to myself, but like, I'm a, like, especially now, like, like that that's the most frustrating thing about covid for me is like like i don't know it's just like one of my best friends his dad does like yard work like you know stuff like that mm -hmm. and so my mom pretty much like paid him to do some work in our backyard and like he came over and like it's like dude it kills me so much not to like shake his hand and like give him a hug i don't know it's just like and I, I could have asked him, like, yo, are you cool to, like, handshake? <laughs> but I don't know. It's just, like, we both kind of just kept our distance. But for me, that's, like, the – that's the whole thing about, like, COVID that, like, you know, because I'm a big, like, handshaker, hugger. But But you're not the only person that's feeling that way. They have literally done, like, so much research about human touch, human connection. I've taught this. I know this um from the class i taught like people are struggling physical therapists are struggling to work with their patients because you have to be physically in the room with them touch them yep. help them rehab after an injury um other people who do you know religious work or spiritual work or healing work people who are light workers or whatever you want to call them um the do-gooders of the world whatever industry they're in uh people need actual genuine human connection and you cannot suspend physical touch for an extreme 
long periods of time because what that results in is feelings of loneliness and depression and as um, Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta had once said that loneliness is one of the diseases of the world you know and it's very sad that there's no really cure for that sometimes and the only way you could do that is by being able to touch to connect with people in a way that makes them feel loved cared for and also at the same time to feel healthy and happy yeah how do you how do you how do you feel about like covid like not be i don't know if you're like a hugging person like how has that affected you and how many people who do you have in your life right now that you still feel comfortable like you guys still hugging stuff i'm pretty sure i've broken some of the rules with some of my patients i've actually hugged some of my patients i've held their hand um even the patients that i knew who had covid i was really? i was i was gowned up though i will make a disclaimer oh my gosh i hope i don't get fired but <laughs> i was wearing the ppe but while wearing the ppe having my gloves on and you know the whole garb and the face shield and everything i still you know will sometimes hold a hand or put a hand on their shoulder to comfort them because when you're sick the only thing you're worried about is am I going to get through this? Am I okay? You know, a lot of people have so much fret and worry that sometimes I wonder if the universe will bless them or even if they don't feel that way about how their procedure went or their chronic illness that they're going through, that I hope they are uplifted and that they are guided on their own journey and path towards health and healing whatever like, that may look like whether it's traditional medicine or other alternative therapies that may work better for the person like there's this book that my friend gave me it's called the spirit catches you when you fall down and it talks about oh gosh hold on i hope i say this word right the mong mong uh culture it's like this asian culture that comes from like around laos and cambodia and stuff like that and um, it talks about how this person, uh, the patient in the book, how she had epilepsy or seizures. And it talks about how her culture embraced seizures as like someone who has very great spiritual powers. But then the Western medical field at the Merced Health Center in California um, at the time during the 80s and 90s said like, no, this is like a serious medical issue. Like this person can get brain damage and could actually die. So the cultural differences that they have and even in other cultures in Latino culture, they have uh, I apologize if I mispronounce the word, but it's called a cudanero. It's like these spiritual healers that come in and they like do like special ceremonies and stuff like that for people who are like sick and they're like traditional medicines and herbs and it might be like hot and cold medicine or other things that they believe in that can help the person heal without um, Western medicine being involved. I mean, it doesn't always work, but some patients... Uh, psychologically and sometimes physically feel better when they incorporate their own cultural medicine along with Western medicine. And I feel that sometimes Western medicine, even as I go um, 
to a medical university that tries to combine, you know, modern science with some of the other practices of the world and embrace other things and other methods that may not seem, how should I say, may not seem normal to most people, but I feel like people can embrace different philosophies, might give better health outcomes for certain patients who may want that. I agree. I think that uh, Eastern medicine seems to be a lot more on the psychological part. Like, because Western medicine, I feel like. But there's now a convergence where there's now we're starting to see that, though. And I think. That's great. Which is good. It's just taken a long time. And we still have a long ways to go. There's more things. Like, if you think about traditional medicine where it's going yes it's good but there's also huge flaws in the healthcare system that we still have a long ways to go to fix and only time will tell if we can embrace the change to hopefully help um, our communities that need it the most I don't know I'm just like blown away like I feel like you Dude, you should have your own podcast. <laughs> like, I'm being serious. Like, it's like you say all this stuff, and I'm just like, that was like a whole podcast right there. Like, I feel like I, totally I need to agree, work though. on not being shy about it. I feel like it's just interesting. You're kind of holding back people. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I know, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know that feeling? Yeah. I, well, like, I could watch this podcast of us. And there's probably points where I'm more loose and there's probably points where I'm more... Actually, this whole podcast, I've been pretty loose. But just in general, like, I look back at certain podcasts and I'm like, damn, like... There'll be podcasts where I'm, like, fucking nervous and then, like, I'm able to loosen up. But it's like this, like, like the energy's kind of sporadic. But I feel like right now you're getting pretty loose. This is, like, the... How far are we in? Like, an hour or something? So it seems like it takes you about 30, 45 minutes to warm up. well you know i'm like a slow cooker meal it definitely i definitely take a while to warm up to people and i remember (laughs) as a kid like people would always think like i was indifferent or i was stuck up it's not really me being stuck up it's more of me trying to learn to be observant of my surroundings sometimes i'm not as vigilant i'm learning to try to be more of that as i get older but I try to observe and absorb first before I say something. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I'm learning each and every day. Well, it seems like, I guess you've gotten more comfortable with me. Is that what it is? You kind of vibe more of like who, who I am and like, or I don't know, because I could literally tell by the way you're sitting that you're more comfortable. Yeah, my feet are up. (laughs) Dude, I knew it. I could tell, like, you're more on your side and, like, you're not just, like, directly in the middle of the camera, you know, because, like, (laughs) that's why, like, this whole podcast, I've just been moving. Like, if you were were to literally, like, get the video and just, like, fast, like, put a super... It would be really funny to see that. Because literally, you know how many different positions I've gotten in now? Like, look, I have the pillow. There's been times where I was literally way down here. There was times where I was, like, kind of like this. There was a few times where I did... Where I was like actually postured all the way up. Like it's just, I'm just, I have a lot of freaking energy in me. 
So I've noticed like that's kind of why I'm getting more like just not giving a fuck with the podcast. Like I was outside sitting on the bench <laughs> with Buddha because I'm just somebody who like like I'm so like physically energetic that like if I just like don't get me wrong, I've done podcasts where I literally just sit and like when you have good posture and like you work on your breathing, like I could stay sitting and have a whole podcast like that. But a lot of times I just like to move. So that's why I'm almost thinking like, I don't know, maybe at some point the podcast will be like a, a little, you know, those mini microphones, like the lavaliers that go on your shirt. Mm-hmm. Like maybe at one point I'll just have a camera and then me and the guest just have a lavalier. And then so we don't even have to just like sit down like we could stand up because like that's why I'm doing this podcast with the mic in my hand instead of having it like on a stand. Mm-hmm. Like it probably won't sound as good me doing like this, but like having it like this, I could literally like move wherever the hell I want. That is true. Right? Like I think that would be beneficial. I'm I'm kind of fidgety too. I squirm a lot in my classes especially when we're like going on zoom and stuff like sometimes i'll like adjust myself and even though my camera will be off i'll still pretend like i'm in the class you know because you're kind of trained to like be in class whether you're doing it virtual or like you've been in a classroom all your life and so sometimes i'm like squirming and i'm like fidgeting or i'm like moving my foot or something just like get more comfortable (sighs) dude i'm gonna have to I'm going to have to buy equipment that makes me completely portable. That makes me and the guest completely portable. Because right now I do have lavalier mics and I have this like portable recorder. But Make sure they're waterproof. You never know if you decide to do like a a funny podcast if you get like super big and expensive. Like you do like a travel one or something. That'd be funny. You like do like a podcast where you're just like sitting in a pool of water or something. (laughs) Dude, I'm already thinking about this. Because I'm like, dude, like, let's say me and you had another podcast, like, in person. Like, it'd be nice to have these mics just on us. And we'd be able to, like, legit just move. And, like, all we would have to do is just stay within the camera frame. Right? <laughs> that'd, be a, super, that'd be an interesting idea. That Dude, because, like, my biggest thing that I'm working on is not being stale. Like, I'm at work today. And, like, I'm trying to pick this thing up. But I'm being too, like, tight about it. Like, it needs to be a full body movement. Like, I need to be relaxed. I need to be like water. I need to be like fluid. So like, Mm -hmm. that's why it's just like, even like I said, like just being like me, just staying put, like it's almost like it would make me super anxious. Cause like, like I need to move. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Maybe if I would have worked out more intensely earlier and like, if I was maybe more mentally rested, then maybe I'd be able to just like be like just firm, just staying in put. But, like, right now, it's, like, I just kind of feel, like, moving. I don't know. I'm just bringing this up because it's just I'm literally building self-awareness as we have this podcast. Uh, Well, uh, considering the three-second pause that just happened right now. I'm guessing Sorry. I was I was absorbing what you were saying. If <laughs> no, I, no, like, if I get quiet, sometimes I do that. And then people were, like, Lauren, speak. Or, like one of my siblings my sibling will tell me he's like you know it's not nice or polite to just be quiet like you need to say something instead of like being all defensive and i'm like i'm not being defensive it's more of me just absorbing what you said but other people were interpreted differently 100 percent, 100 percent. i'm trying to be i like to fuck around and just like act and just like pretend i do stupid shit 
I can't think of somebody who just says 100% a lot. I guess everybody kind of says 100%. <laughs> but I'm for you. Like, I'm agreeing with you. Um, do you mind if I go to the bathroom real quick? No, I don't mind. All right. Go. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Okay. I'm back. I am back, too. <laughs> I couldn't hear what I you said. said. Did, you, did you go to the bathroom, too? <laughs> no, I took a stretching break. <laughs> oh, nice. What kind of stretch did you do? Uh, the touch of your toes, <laughs> the most uh, like basic one. <laughs> did that stretch your hamstrings? Mm-hmm. That's good. That probably felt good, right? Yeah, I feel like um, working on my feet, like twelve-hour shifts. I notice I need to like take better care of my feet, so that way I can enjoy the journey of life. Because honestly, I feel like. <laughs> Um, I'm getting like I need to like get give myself like pedicures more frequently now that I'm on my feet because I notice I need to like self massage and get into like the nervous system and like really like try to self massage it so I don't feel like chronic pain. Your feet are the connection to the planet. Oh, explain. Well, what part of your body is constantly connected to the floor? <laughs> Well, it depends if you're a gymnast because they defy gravity. So if they did like a cartwheel or a handstand or something, then it would be their hands, you know? Yeah, and if I'm sitting on my butt, it's my butt. (laughs) But normally you're on your feet. Well, if you were paralyzed, then you'd be connected on your back. Like if you're quadriplegic or something. I don't know. It's just perception, you know? Sorry, I'm yeah, just being, I mean, I'm just being a dork. I mean, I guess air particles are hitting every part of my body. So the universe is like all over me. It's not just my feet. <laughs> is that like my... I try to like avoid saying stuff like this, but like, I guess that's like... It's like my white girl voice. I don't know. <laughs> what is it like? I think that's like quote unquote like stereotypical like white Californian girl. Valley girl? Is that what they call it? Is that it? what it is? I don't I know I don't there's remember. a term for it. See, it's just kind of weird though, because like me as a person, like like not on the podcast or not talking to anybody, like like by myself, I'm very like it's always like a self-improvement and just like and just like I'm always like in a very like feeling and like at least nowadays like I'm in a very feeling and like spiritual mindset. But like if we're just gonna talk, like I'm a big I'm a big like not take things serious because I don't really have like what am I trying to get at? Like I'm not someone to want to talk shit on other people, you know. And I've had I've had times where I'm hanging out with people and like people like to talk shit and that's how they spend their time. And that's how they bond, just talking shit about other people, judging other people. But I'm like, I don't really do that, especially now because I don't consume that much social media about other people's lives. It's like, I don't even have, like, shit to talk, like, if you know what I'm saying. So I'm not saying I'm a perfect angel, but, like, that's what I'm trying to get at is that, like, when I talk to somebody, like, and I'm really cool with them, like, it's really just, like, it's just, let's just talk dumb. Like, let's just be goofy. Let's act. Let's literally like first one to the let's race to the end of the freaking yard or like 
Like, let's act. Oh my gosh, she'd probably beat me in that. I'm a slow runner, dude. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm telling you, like I was literally at the park the other day with my friend, and like we worked out, and then like at one point I was like, "Yo, like just tell me to like act a scene, and like I'm gonna do it, and then I'll do that, and then like, I'll, and then I'll like I I went on the monkey bars, and I'm just pretending to be a monkey. Funny enough, you told me which monkey would I be. I was literally acting like a monkey with like <laughs> hanging on the bars and doing crazy shit. Like that's literally like me having fun at the most maximal level. It's just literally just acting and pretending to be an animal. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but like literally just, I don't know, just doing really like physically weird shit. Like, I think that's why actors love to act because it's such a like, like you're learning this person, this idea, and then you're just immersing yourself in it. Yeah, I feel cool like it, it, it's it's a it's a very interesting job, and I feel like it can literally take people, you know, from like Castaway, Tom Hanks. It's like it kind of consumes their whole being, sometimes their soul, and then when they reflect on like why they did the role or why they picked it, it's very fascinating to like to hear their interviews, right? I mean, you're already doing interviews anyway, but I think it's fascinating to just see things through a different light and sometimes I feel like what I've learned um, through different people is that sometimes in order for you to find your own light that someone else can light the way for you by finding that spark or that idea to help you out you're saying having somebody else give you like positive affirmation about yourself could be the motivator to start having more faith in yourself Yes and no. I mean, you should already have that within yourself. You should already be confident within, you know. That's why I said earlier, you have to, like, know thyself. But I think it also definitely helps to not have positive affirmations of yourself. But I think most of us struggle to have positive affirmations of others. And I think that's why in the beginning, you're like, are you judging me? And I jokingly said yes. But at the same time, like, we all can't be like bias free hundred percent of the time. That's true. But it's just, it's a, it's a different reality. If we thought about how we could suspend judgment, I feel like the world would be a healthier place, but not everyone thinks that way. Yeah. Well, maybe once we have these chips in our brains, which is probably in the near future, <laughs> we can go to the settings and put no judgment. And then we will extinguish judgment from our mind and we will live in a very objective world where we can love each other. Dude, that might actually be a possibility. That might be. Who knows? I don't know. Like within our lifetime, there, at least from my knowledge and from my research, didn't I mean, they they were, put, didn't they, they put that created. implant like in a pig or something? Yeah. You're talking about Neuralink, right? By Elon Musk. Is that is that the one I'm referring to? Maybe. Probably, yeah. Maybe. I haven't seen the full video, but it's on YouTube at Neuralink. I think I don't remember the name of it. I just remember it was like put in a pig. That's yeah. all I remember. Yeah, they already they already put it in animals, and I think by next year they will have put it into the first human. Like I I don't know if it's the first human subject, but pretty soon within the next couple of years, the first generation of this chip that goes into your brain and connects to your neurons will be out and from my knowledge from watching 
the podcast between Joe Rogan and Elon Musk, like the first generation of this chip will really be more for people who have physical disabilities, people who are like paraplegic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to put these chips in their their brain, literally, like literally inside their, they're going to open the scalp and like put it in their brain and connect this chip to the neurons. It's going to basically... Because the reason someone's paraplegic is because of a connection that's been like pretty much cut off in the brain. Like one of the neurons, there's some of the neurons that are the millions, I don't know the technicalities. But this chip will basically reignite that connection. It'll reconnect that connection. And so that's the first few generations of this chip. It's not going to be giving humans like superpowers, but it's going to give humans back their capabilities. But the generation of this chip to follow, I mean, you know, you never know where it's going to lead. It could lead to humans having, like, more capabilities than we've ever had. And I know it sounds crazy, and I know it sounds like people could say, like, he's playing God or something like that by creating these chips. I mean, there's so many way different ways you can go about it, but for me, nothing's inherently bad or good. And I like to see the optimism and things. So I don't know. We'll see the way that this whole thing plays out, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's interesting. How do you feel about that chips going in people's brains? It reminds me of iRobot. <laughs> You see it as more like right now, like as I say it, like quickly, intuitively, do you see it more as invasive and like, do you see more negative out of chips in people's brains or do you immediately think more of like positive? I think I see both. I understand like how it could be a positive thing to actually change people's lives and to see if this could be like a cool therapy. I mean, never question the unknown because you never know if it could be something that can, you know, benefit society. But then also at the same time is, are we losing ourselves to technology? True. But just playing games here, not nothing serious. (laughs) But maybe let's just say if we do continue to progress in artificial intelligence and these chips and all that, you know, there's like, I think there's like three different outcomes or I forget the three. There's like two, like either AI will become so like powerful that they will become like the superior race and then they could wipe us out or enslave us or whatever, whatever, whatever. Or maybe they're just like super cool and we get along or we, pretty much combined with artificial intelligence which in a way it's already kind of happened with our phones because everybody has phones in their pockets which the chip is just like the next thing um but like let's just say the hypothetical which would obviously in a human perspective would be like the negative outcome let's just say that ai does get superior and they do like extinguish humans because they're they say oh well like humans they do drugs and humans, they are ruining the environment and humans do this and humans do that. Like, let's say they do completely wipe us out. Like, who's to say that that's not like, like, why is that not okay? And why is it not like, oh, you know what? Like, maybe that's just the way this whole thing plays out. And like, they're the new species. And then there'll be something after that. And then after that, and after that, and then maybe they'll come up with like a time machine. And then maybe, 
you kind of get what I'm saying. It's like without an ego. Like it's like, like the completely... it's like the evolution. Of yeah, we, it's like we, we we just don't know. But like to pl- to play it out, like yeah, I mean we don't know. Like that could that's definitely food for thought in terms of like yeah, it could definitely benefit. I don't disagree with it, but at the same time, I fully like don't agree with it either because you know there is there's always going to be what we call the laggers. You know, like the last person to like get like the latest iphone or whatever they might be like those stubborn people who are like no i don't want that i'm not putting it. no damn chip in my head <laughs> yeah there'll be those naysayers just awkwardly just keep staring until you say something <laughs> <laughs> is that is that one of your tactics when you interview people because it's kind of like good and then kind of bad because you just want to all it's it's also healthy to have silence too there's nothing wrong with it i agree so yeah i guess at that point yeah i'd have to i think it takes a level of understanding of the guest like you're totally cool with just silence and i could feel that but maybe some other people are just like (laughs) it's like ripping off a very painful band-aid i don't mind noise either sometimes i struggle with noise but I think I've learned to like, just like, it's part of life. You just have to go along with it. Yeah. I guess it's, I mean, if I were to just completely edit the podcast, but I guess. You could. It would be fun how, how that come out. <laughs> the conscious thought would be like, if you're listening to a podcast, would you, would you enjoy it if there was a 10 second pause? I'd be like, that's kind of cool. That's kind of interesting. They had a five second pause. And you know what? If that's what I enjoy doing, if that's what you vibe on, then maybe we'll do that and we'll have fun with it. So here we go. 10 seconds of silence. Dude, you just breathed. We had some good silence going on and you had a freaking... Come on. I'm disappointed. Disappointed. I don't know if Lauren's going to qualify to be back on the podcast. She couldn't even keep 10 seconds of silence because she had to freaking breathe. And then now she's trying to hold it in. But it's obvious that I'm just way too hilarious. (laughs) Oh, man. I feel like we've done like three podcasts in this one podcast. Like we've had like the... Like, we're not taking it serious, but we're still doing a podcast. And then we probably briefly had, like, we're doing a podcast. And then now it's like, now it's like, I feel like we're just hanging out. Aren't we? I don't know. We've, we gone, the- <laughs> we've gone through the three phases. Not taking the podcast too serious. Taking the podcast serious. And then now we're in the third and final phase, which is we're hanging out. I didn't even know that. And if this is the art of human podcast and we're trying to get the most sincere, most honest expressions, we've reached it. We're in the third stage now. That's pretty cool. Are there any other levels? There's only one more level, but it can't happen. Like that podcast would have to be in person. (laughs) Maybe it would be that hit podcast I was talking about. Maybe that would be the the fourth level. It's like a podcast where you physically exert yourself to the point where you really have to like talk straight from the mind 
and not have any thought process. Huh. Damn. That would be actually pretty interesting. Hmm. Would it? I don't, I don't know. It's an, it's an idea that you pitch, so I have to think about that. Maybe I'll, when I, like, when I, if I have time to, like, watch this whole podcast, I don't know how much time I'll have, but it'll be, like, pretty funny to, like, rewatch this, depending on how you edit it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to edit it. Good conversation, The only, the only part I'm going to edit is the part where I went to the bathroom. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not just going to leave, like, two, minute, two minutes of this blank audio. That'd be kind of funny. Like talking about silence, just leave like a two minute Christian went to the bathroom. <laughs> you could put like a funny disclaimer alert. You were like, sorry guys, be right back, bathroom. Uh, and then just actually just let it run for two minutes. Like no. just put like background music. Don't don't do that. I'm pretty sure some of your viewers might be upset with that, but it, well, it's totally up to you how you how you roll with it. Well, the thing is, it'd be kind of funny. And on top of that, it's like, bro, you literally, like, uh, if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, like, I'm pretty sure there's a 30-second, like, skip forward. So, you kind of know what I'm saying. Like, it's literally a piece of content that you can fast forward through. So, it'd be testing people's patience. And it'd be pretty funny if I just left two-minute gap like that. They know. probably think it's the end of the podcast. Right? And then just, they just check out. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. I've actually done that. There's been quite a few podcasts where I or the guests go to the bathroom. But yeah, I've, I've always edited out. Obviously, I just I just chop off the audio and then it's like as if we never went to the bathroom. But Well, thank you for f- having me on as your guest. It was a pleasure having this cool conversation. It's been kind of a wild ride, the different things we've talked about. Has. Um, do you want me to ask you one more question and then we end it? Sure, it's up to you. It's your show, dude. I know, but you're a part of the show right now and you have feelings. How do you feel? Do you want to answer one more question and wrap it up? That sounds good to me. All right. Uh, hmm. I was going to ask the question that I always ask, but I actually want to like make it more contextual to the moment right now, which today is November 8th, 2020 at 10.37 p.m. And I'm speaking to Lauren. How do you learn? Oh my gosh, my age will be forever in YouTube. I am 27. Okay, 27. 27 years old. All right, Lauren. Being 27 years old, or you've you've been 27 years on this planet, you've experienced a lot of things in your life, but you're 27, and I think that the demographics or the age of people who listen to this probably would average maybe around the age of 27 because i think there's most people are probably close to my age but there's some older people maybe the average comes to around 27 and that being said and and most people coming from california or united states what would be 
what would you like to say to people yeah like if you literally had 30 40 people in front of you and they were like people who live like similar like you know who live in california or like people that you kind of get what i'm saying am i not making sense let me, let me rephrase let me rephrase your question you're telling me what would you tell people in our age demographic group or people who live in our state of california what advice would i give them is 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 that what i'm hearing exactly like you being a 27 year old californian person like what would be your message for the rest of the people and of course this could be i'm sure people who aren't from california could still find some value in whatever you have to say but What would be your message knowing your own life struggles and knowing maybe the things that you observe in your life? Like what would be your message? I feel my message would be to don't worry so much and to be happy and content where you're at in life, no matter if it's an uncomfortable situation to find the goodness and light in the world and not to be absorbed in the darkness that succumbs the world to see things as they are in the most realistic way possible, but also to not give up love, hope, and prosperity in your life. I feel like a lot of people need to cherish their health and happiness over materialistic things, but also to acknowledge the wealth of the beautiful land that we have and to take time to appreciate those who value you in mind, body, and spirit. Thank you, Lauren. You're welcome. Thank you. you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for just hanging out with me and talking with me. I appreciate it a lot. Um, And I really look forward to being able to, yeah, just continue to have conversations and hang out. So, Okay, looking forward to it. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. What started as a a funny LinkedIn request, and I was like, who is this person? Turned out to be a cool collaboration. So I'm excited that um, I got to be an honorable guest, and I'm looking forward to seeing other people come on this podcast and hearing what they have to say, too. I'm always learning and growing from different people. So I can't wait to see your content grow. Thank you, Lauren. You're welcome. I'm going to end this recording.